Hey everyone, Michael J. Nelson here. This is 372 pages we'll never get back. This is the podcast where we talk about bad books, and we have never erred in them being bad. Mm, I'm here with uh, Connor Lestoka. We work over at Rift Tracks, and then we do this thing. Connor, how are you this morning? I'm good. That's a good claim to make. We've never erred in picking a bad book here. There's, yeah, I'm sure I mean, there's something you could screw up sometime and go, whoops, we accidentally read Finnegan's Wake or something, right. but we haven't done that yet. But there's guys, you know, there's guys like, uh, who is it, uh, the guy who played Fredo, John Caviel, Caviezel? Or uh, like, it's not Caviezel, but yes, close. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, any, but you know, never never made a bad movie or, you know, you could maybe, there's producers who are like, you know, I've all, I, all I've made are hits, baby. It's like, all we've picked is garbage. We've done a great job of it. <laughs> Kudos yeah, to us. That, if that Oscar winner, John, whose name we can't remember, I'm sorry, John, um, that if he had lived, because I, I believe he died right after his very productive period, if he had lived, he'd been in like Night at the Roxbury or something like <laughs> right, that. Yes. He was just Damn it. itching to take those, it. yeah, those Peter Falk or uh, those roles right. in uh, Happy Madison movies. I'll describe the uh, book that we have and describe the episode that we have for today. If you oh, would. man, it's been quite a ride. We've... We've picked Ready Player Two by Ernest Cline as this next book. It is uh, so far. It is the it's the sequel to the first book we ever did on the podcast, and we recorded the first one I think two days before Thanksgiving, and I the first episode, two chapters, and now we've really had a chance to dig into it. And so far, it's delivering the goods and more. And I had a fun little experience. Um, I don't even know if I told you about this. I posted a uh, a screenshot when I first started reading the book. There was just something on like page three that was talking about. Uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it did the classic Klein over-explaining. This was a reference to the Hitchhiker's, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah. it, then it talked about uh, 8675309, and uh, I just posted those two paragraphs, and they got, you know, a, a thousand retweets and, you know, 2,000 likes, because people were just, on the day it came out, people were eager to see what this book involved. And then, at some point in time, someone told me that, you know, hey, hey, like, you're on the uh, the Know Your Meme page for Ready Player Two. And so I clicked onto that, and it had, you can embed a tweet, you know? And so my, yeah. my, my tweet being like, Ready Player Two is, I'm pleased to report it's beyond parody. It was there, but then the image had a thing that said, <laughs> this image has been uh, taken down because the rights holder filed a copyright infringement report against it. Wow. <laughs> so now when you look at the tweet, there's just this weird, you know, it looks like a, uh, you know, the sad computer file not found uh, yeah. type of thing. And Wow. Lots do you think that was just auto, or do you think... it happened to a couple other people who I had been talking about the book? I guess, and but uh, people were happy to point out the irony, yes. <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of a guy whose book consists mainly of talking about other people's IPs, uh, feeling the need to do that. That is incredible. So, yeah, wow. We're off to a good start, I think. They think <laughs> they're coming for our Patreon next. Uh, well, department-wise, I mean, th- this is, I think, the. This was the cradle of obviously of uh, real or fanfic. And yeah, yeah, that's we thought the fanfic of Ready Player One would be indistinguishable, and yeah, it pretty much has proven to be for for all of our books. And I think this episode broke the record for fanfic submissions. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I, we got. I mean, I think people have that muscle already there, so yeah, it's uh, it's ready to go. Yes. So yeah, I think we have. We'll have real or fanfic, of course. We might even have a bonus real or fanfic on our Patreon. Oh, we will have a bonus on our. Right. Uh, I've got it all set up for you, my friend. <laughs> all right. And then yeah, we've got some emails from people, and of course, just an uh, an abundance, a cornucopia of dumb sentences. I yeah. Again, it's it's kind of like. 
Well, we've said that about a lot of books that you can just circle whatever, and this this one does not disappoint in that in that regard. Yeah, I, I and and based on everything that that I've I've read, I, I sort of told you I wanted to stop paying attention to reviews because it seemed like we were just going to get a few things that might impact future real or fanfics. But uh, the reviews so far appear to be pretty pretty universally bad. Really? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them Ooh. sort of are cagey because you know Ready Player One was 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 praised. It was, uh, you know, hosannas were sung. It was on best of the year lists. And now there's a little bit of revisionist history where they're like, sure, the first one was, you know, uh, sort of a dumb turn off your brain exercise. But this one, this one really sucks. <laughs> I, I despise that that has hardened into a, a truth. Like, it, it, it's true. I've seen that in many just in the headlines. Like, whereas the first one was fun yeah like no it's like we said about armada indistinguishable <laughs> right yes there is no difference right. you don't give yourself a pass idiot you, you <laughs> fell for the other one admit it take yeah. your lumps we've still never seen i was hoping there'd be sort of a breakdown of that about like how the tide turned against this chump um and his and his uh you know sort of hacky material but so far i think it's it, it's been more of what we just discussed yeah, this is not Jaws 2, and you <laughs> can say, right. you know, the first one, right. a taut a thriller, classic, you know, adventure and drama and humor. No, 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 no. The first, <laughs> these are indistinguishable. Uh, yeah, but uh, so he's he's still uh, rolling out a lot of the same tricks, but uh, we've got a lot, I would say, of, uh, you know, air quote, world building in these first four chapters. And so it's probably worth just, uh, you know, digging in right away. Into chapter 0001. Yeah. And so people were like, you've said to read through four chapters. Does that mean through 0002? Because there were two before that? And it's like, my God, he's even when he's just doing stuff like this, it's irritating. Yes. Well, speaking of irritating, uh, you know, we talk about tossing the book moments. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a rare first sentence does that to you. (laughs) But I'll read it and see if you can hold on to your book. Like Marty McFly... I woke up at exactly 10.28 a.m. to the song Back in Time by Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Oh, my God. This was but he doesn't, obviously my, doesn't stop there. Yeah, of my vintage flip clock radio, a Panasonic RC6015, the model Marty owns in the film. I had it modified to play the same song at the same time Marty hears it after he finally makes it back to the future. And I just was like, uh, I mean, it seems naive. To ask, since it, it is, as of yesterday, was the top-selling book on Amazon. Oh, but just, God. How can anyone still be excited by garbage like this? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, just, you know, people pumping their fists and going, yes, he's talking about a movie. A billionaire oh. is waking up to a, a, a scene every day from a, from a movie that was, you know, 50 years old before he was born. Also... Uh, if you read this and knew nothing, absolutely nothing, you're dropped in, you had lived, you'd been in, on mission trips for five years and someone showed this to you and then said, what is your impression of the person who says this? What, what, you would obviously <laughs> say, I, I hate this person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a childish idiot. Um, I don't want to learn any more about this person. You know, they uh, probably this... need assistance in other facets of their life. So it's like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be too harsh on them, but. Yes. So you obviously this and this is a theme that repeats. My goodness, this the the character, the lead character is a horrible human being. But this is a bad start. Right. And and also writing wise, 
He the final sentence I had it modified to play the same song at the same time. Isn't that just saying the exact same thing he just said? <laughs> yes, I guess. Right. That's, that was the first sentence. The entire <laughs> second paragraph unnecessary. <laughs> My only hope is that like you know how um you know once Napster hit and the the music industry sort of cratered probably around like 2008 was uh, maybe it's nadir, maybe 2010 and then it would be like you know Cheryl Crow had the number one album in America with uh, 1,300 CDs sold mainly at Starbucks's. Like, right. maybe we've reached a point at the society where, like, he sold, you know, 3,000 books last week, and that's all it takes to uh, to crack the number one chart. I don't know. I, I, right, I, right. Or maybe there's there's some trick of it, like they're shipping, but they're not selling. Oh, but, yeah. Like, that's, oh, it counts, you know. Yeah, right. They're in the stores. <laughs> yes. Nobody's in be, the stores buying them, but they're in there. They will then be buried in the desert, like the classic Atari uh, E.T. game of uh, 1984. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even I know about that, but only from you. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he, he reports that he's um, he's sort of living his uh, Howard Hughes existence. He's in uh, Halliday's uh, former castle. He's moved in there because it was willed to him like everything else. And uh, he's he's holed up there as we're repeatedly told the world teeters on the brink of collapse. And this was a theme in the first book where we're constantly told that. But, uh, you know, uh, the evidence is, is, shall we say, scarce <laughs> to indicate that that's actually true. He does just an absolutely wretched job of that because all he does is describe how his software that he puts out, his hardware, everything that he does is a, a giant smashing success. Right. <laughs> He's building buildings everywhere. It's like, wait, the world is crumbling. Like, there is not enough resources on the planet, according to your previous statement. There are bandwidth riots happening. But I just don't get how the two work out. It seems like everything's humming along just fine. It seems like the go-go 80s or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, he, 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 the last time he talked about how many, uh, you know, million units they sold in the first 48 hours or something like that. So, you know, you'd think that maybe if it was a the, the true uh, dystopian poverty verse that he describes, people might be like, oh, they just, uh, uh, I, I, GSS released the new Ogden helmet or whatever. Like, we need a scrimp and save for three years to be able to afford that $400, but it's like, ah, no, hey, I'll just, Tiny Tim will pull this out of his cast and he'll he'll buy the, uh, he'll pay cash for it right away. <laughs> it's also, uh, so here's, here's another thing that I can't quite square. I'd had the Portland Avenue stacks in Oklahoma City where I'd grown up demolished years ago this, so that I could erect a memorial for my mother and my aunt mm -hmm. and Mrs. Gilmore. And all the other people who died in that hellhole. I paid to have all of its residents located to a new housing complex I had built for them on the city outskirts. So he, first of all, he's saving the cat all the time, you know, like right. he's doing all these glorious things. But he's also just a complete sociopath. Yeah, he's destroying yeah. people's lives. We'll, we'll get to all yes, of that. Yeah. But it, it, he seems, since he does have unlimited money, and there are people willing to build... Uh, you know, new residences and housing complexes at the drop of a hat. Why doesn't he just do that for the whole planet and solve the, because uh, there's, you know what I mean? There's just unlimited resources. He ne never says like, I had trouble finding workers to make it because people are eating rats right. in the street. <laughs> right. It just seems like this is the snap of a finger. He builds a new housing complex. So yes, it seems like, again, the structure is in place. Just build everyone a new housing complex and bulldoze the old world that you hate so right much. we've all seen at the beginning of this year you know how 
how supply chains and continue to be. There's still supply. You know, you can't buy uh, like home gym equipment and stuff. Or my friend tried to buy a washer dryer, but supply chains had been interrupted during the pandemic. And he it took a while to find one. And yet, you know, uh, you know, steel for new apartment complexes, all that stuff are still just being smelted uh, as Wade needs it sort of on demand. Yeah, absolutely. Without any interruption. Uh, and that's another repeated theme. He he never, there's no detail about how these things are accomplished. He, <laughs> right. he is just a little kid going, then I did this, and then I went over there and I did this. I played a really cool game for a while, and then <laughs> yes. I built another building. <laughs> Well, this is uh, this this amused me too because uh, as we talk about world building, we we learn a lot about Wade's favorite movies and stuff. But but we are scarce on details of some of the other stuff. He says the uh, the IOI they bur- he bought the IOI skyscraper complex where I'd briefly been an endangered servant. Now it belonged to us too. We turned all three buildings into free body locker hotels for the homeless. <laughs> you you can probably guess which one of the four of us spearheaded that initiative. Does he does he mean we could probably guess that in the sense that? There are only four of them, so I'd have a twenty-five percent chance because we, we have absolutely no idea who uh, any of these people are or anything about them, other than they love, uh, you know, classic Sega Genesis games. I had the exact same note. Like, how dare you? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't guess. What are you? You're the one writing this. Uh, um, but I did wonder at every time he does build a new memorial or give away all this stuff, do that does it come with complimentary Marty McFly clocks? Yeah, I think or are that- they allowed to like check a little box like which kind of clock would you prefer? Groundhog Day, uh, you know, <laughs> right? Or would you prefer you know we we turn that uh, fifty dollars into you know a month of food for your children or something like that? You, yeah, you can no, have baby I, I, formula, or you can have. Um, you know, yeah, the Marty McFly's uh, Back to the Future 2 automatic lace-up sneakers. I, I roasted a raccoon for my three starving <laughs> children the other day. I, I'm not really concerned with... <laughs> I, I didn't see these movies. Well, I guess I saw uh, Back to the Future, but I don't remember it anymore. Right, I'm I dying. Was, I, they tased me because I snuck into the theater uh, to get out of a, a you know, sub-zero blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> I did catch a bit of the story before that. or something. He doesn't like to be called chicken. I don't know. Uh, but also, this is good to know, I mean, because, you know, we focus on these on these details, but uh, his uh, Jack and Cave has become a tourist attraction where he was humping, I think the phrase was humping a lubed up sex doll. With <laughs> oh, his, that, so the people are attending that as a museum. And it says he preferred to visit the simulation of his hideout over the real deal because in the Oasis, my hideout was still buried in a pile of abandoned vehicles uh, as they had stood throughout my childhood before Sorrento's bombs brought them crashing down and brought my childhood to its end. And it, I think we'll be saying this a lot, but how dare you? There is, yeah. there is nobody whose, whose childhood has remained as stunted and alive as, uh, <laughs> as this guy's had. Also, I looked it up. He was 19 when this happened. So like, you know, it's just that revolting, revolting my childhood uh, thing you hear at Comic-Con when, when Michael Bay makes a, a movie that they're going to see three times anyway. Right. Um, but speaking of that, the replica, he's the replica of his aunt's place. This, this is a a healthy behavior. (laughs) Sometimes I wandered over to the replica of my aunt's Alice's old stack. I would climb the stairs to her trailer, go inside, curl up in the corner of the laundry room where I used to sleep and apologize to my mother and my aunt (laughs) for indirectly causing their death. (laughs) Uh, our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the delightful. Just so, he, so yeah, he's racked with guilt, but he still is, uh, um, you know, w- waking up to the Back to the Future theme song every day. 
We still have the issue, though. Sometimes I wandered over the when, <laughs> when, as right. his day goes on, he, he just, again, he repeats and repeats. It's a thing that he cannot stop doing, that he watches things 20, 30, 40 times until, mm-hmm. or he plays this, or he's, and he, he describes his day. He's, he's never outside. So what is the sometimes? <laughs> right, exactly. He has, it's a very uh, awkward way, these next four chapters. They, they uh, take, you know, one step forward and then take about 20 steps back to describe some sort of uh, backstory, world building, uh, flashback garbage. So uh, we, we don't get very far by the end of this episode. I'm sad to report. Yeah, no, there's times where I, all of a sudden he says, then I did something and you go, wait, where are you? (laughs) We just spent 14 pages talking about uh, uh, some movie from, I I don't understand where he is in space or time at any point. Right. Well, we had a good description of uh, one one event that he does do in real time because he uh, talks about his exercise routine quite a bit. And we get this one. I thought this was delightful. He loads a Temple of Doom workout simulation on his VR helmet. Indy's theme music began to play as I jogged down the corridor and a variety of obstacles and enemies started to appear in front of me, forcing to either dodge them or attack them with my imaginary whip. I earned points for every obstacle I avoided and for every enemy I vanquished. I could also earn bonus points for keeping my heart rate up and for freeing the captive children being used as slave labor in the temple from their holding cells. And that's, <laughs> I was just like, that's the bonus? That's, you know, that's <laughs> optional as opposed to you're whipping right. in snakes. And then, you know, it's not like how you had to spell out Kong in Donkey Kong Country. That might be the main main objective of the game, I would think. Yeah, he so he puts on a jogging suit and he suits up. And then here's a, this is a strange physical thing. And then I glance down at myself. The workout clothes I'd been wearing had been replaced with a perfectly rendered Indiana Jones costume, complete with a worn leather jacket, bullwhip on my right hip, and a battered fedora. He glanced down to see his battered fedora, which is that's tough to do, but that good is, on him. It's amazing. Good Lord. Maybe, yeah, he went into a, he did the zoom out mode from like Grand Theft Auto where you see yourself from behind. I guess he did. <laughs> um, I just want to point out uh, Chekhov's toilets. Did you notice that? Oh, a lot it, of toilets in here. Yeah, his house has, uh, let's see, 50 rooms, two kitchens, four dining rooms, 14 bedrooms, and a total of 21 bathrooms. <laughs> And then he just says, I have no idea why there were so many toilets. So Chekhov's toilets in All right. his mansion. Yeah, that was... Yeah, put, a, we'll, put a pin in that. We'll keep an eye on it. There's a lot of Chekhov things in this one, I feel like. I, <laughs> <laughs> Klein might be a big fan. He's also a big fan of... Uh, I mean, uh, we just need to gloss over this, but he's got four cars in his in his thing. Yes. Uh, from various movies. And he uses them to... He, he makes his own fanboy movies, and he's working on a trilogy again it, if you if you read that and feel a goofy grin cross your face i, I don't know what what to do to help you at this point in time yeah I, I had this one tagged is this a joke maybe who cares right yeah you know? but he says the uh, films didn't make enough to cover my runaway production costs and all those special effects sequences and so i you know you again you imagine the the mother trying to uh you know pawn her last remaining pair of pants for baby formula probably is like well I'm, I'm glad that his his budget effects on his garbage ghostbusters crossover did go overboard yeah exactly burning through stockholder money that could have uh yeah built another children's hospital <laughs> keep it up uh, hero right uh he also says about those cars uh, keep in mind the sentence earlier where sometimes he would crawl on the dryer and cry or whatever sure. 
Sometimes I sat inside them with all the screens and control panels lit up while I listened to old movie soundtracks. <laughs> what is this guy? Yeah, he's well, he's 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 worthless, is what he is. So uh, again, sometimes yeah. it's never depicted; it's just referenced at other times. So put that timeline together, and it doesn't work. Is all I'm saying. And like you know, we've all had hobbies. We've all had interests that we've gradually you know lost interest in. We've they've stopped bringing us joy, type of thing. So, and I understand that this guy is is emotionally stunted and you know alienated and awkward and stuff. But like at some point in time, you've just got to think, hey, uh, you know, thinking about Buckaroo Banzai is just is not doing it for me anymore. Like I, it, I've gotten all I can out of this. I, I think I'm going to move on and find something else to do. <laughs> Yes, have as that clock wakes him up every morning. You know, the first thought isn't, "Have I come to the end of myself? Is this, <laughs> is this it?" <laughs> oh, but he does take care of himself. We'll, we'll get to that, right? Uh, but here's the first time that I, uh, well, the second time that I chucked the book, being my computer across the room. It's very expensive to read this uh, book. I know the damage it's laptop cost, after just, laptop. I know. Just, <laughs> Uh, You're knocking this time, over your replica leg lamp from a Christmas uh, story, yeah. 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Bumpus' dogs. Uh, he describes his uh, previous romance with Samantha <laughs> slash, what, what's her name? Oh, what's yeah, her name? Artemis. Artemis. Yeah. And this time, she fell in love with me, too. Right before she kissed me for the first time, she told me I was her best friend and her favorite person. <laughs> We lost our virginity to each other three days after that first kiss. Then we spent the rest of the week sneaking off to make the beast with two backs at every opportunity. Like Depeche Mode, we just couldn't get enough. Uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 I can't. I don't. I, I know think, it's my job to have like jokes and things, but I'm I'm literally my gorge is rising. Right now. <laughs> well, I mean, do you think he was, you know, he, he intentionally referencing, you know, the Othello, uh, the, you know, Yago informing someone that she's making the beast with two backs with the moor? I mean, is that a, a deep literary cut to him? No, I think he. <laughs> uh, I think it's come down through the many filters you've heard it from, and he yeah. thinks it's it's obviously was in uh, Buckaroo Banzai or something. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it seems like one of those things that would show up on the uh, there's an annual contest for like worst romantic literature or something like that, and it's all you know it's all books you've never heard of that no one has ever read, of course. But I it 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 could top that. It would be it could be the first thing on the list. That list could be this, and you would not think anything of it. You'd be like, "Yep, that's on, that, that that works." That that is not a uh, a they, they didn't blow that uh, assignment of saying that's the worst of the year, right? Right. Um, it continues on with the romance, and I just said I'm just warning everyone this is rough. Guys. <laughs> so the Depeche Mode reference, which is clumsily done because it could have meant that Depeche Mode was constantly having sex with one another, but right. Uh, one night, we decided that Space Age Love Song by A Flock of Seagulls was our song, and then we listened to it over and over again for hours while we talked or made love. <laughs> I, I, if, I wouldn't blame you if you stopped listening to this podcast. I understand, right yeah, I, right. I, it's you, you have it's to hard to you hear you to say it out loud, to be honest. I'm considering bailing myself. <laughs> I do like, you know, it is, it, you know, what is he now? 22, probably? Yeah, I'm guessing. I remember my 22-year-old buddies, our senior year of college, were all sitting around talking about who was making love, you know, the <laughs> night before. That was that was a term we used a lot. <laughs> uh, 
Um, oh, after they decided. I, I want, I, why? Why? Of all the conversations he puts down, does he not put down their talk about how they decided Space Age love song was their song? <laughs> Yeah, and and that's one that's one I'm not familiar with. And there's, I, I'm just going to say it out loud through here. There's times when you read this book and they'll say something like, I think one of the things was like, I swear to Crom or some stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Or I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not going to look them up because I do not care. And I mean, it's going to turn out to be, you know, Caddyshack two or something. And that, I, that's fine. I don't, I don't need to know where that came from because it's, it's not going to make me happy. It's not going to make you happy. <laughs> I did. The first two, I think, and yeah. then went, and and of course the reaction was, that, oh for God, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but which of course is the only thing that could possibly be, but you know, uh, the second and third and fourth and fifth, I I gave yeah, up on. Not so we it. can guess as they come up. Okay, yeah. If if you take notes, we'll 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 speculate maybe. Yeah. But okay. something I was also just a little distracted during all of those things because I was just I was just kind of worried because you know sure. in the last book. Uh, I think Dato had died, and yes. so I was just worried about about you know how how the press was going to and their fans were going to refer to this group of people. You know they were they were the high five. Yeah, now there's only right. so, but then I then I we were also grateful for Og's help during and after the contest. We decided to make him an honorary member of the high five. He graciously accepted, and since there were now only four of us, Og's induction into the high five also prevented our nickname from becoming a dismoner, misnomer. Phew. We've, yeah. we've settled it like that was it was weighing on me i'm not gonna lie oh yeah <laughs> uh dato's family still in i don't i don't know how the japanese mourn but mm-hmm. is there a full year of you know probably something yeah. or yeah, yeah yeah so they're still they're still but they looked up at the board and went well at least that's settled yeah there as they signed the paperwork on his charitable foundation type of thing it's right <laughs> chris and his statue in the t- town square <laughs> Oh, all right. So, where are we in the in the plot? I'm I'm trying uh, to track the. So plot. yeah, he, I mean, well, this basically recaps that he and Artemis broke up, and it's because he revisits a uh, VR recording of uh, her, her objecting to the new helmet that he right. found in the last one. Yes, yes. Um, there's there's not too she. I mean, and she her objections are uh, they seem a little imposed because, um, like we said in the last time, this is just sort of like incrementally different from what they've all been using and are all used to um in in terms of the oasis versus the uh i forget i I forget what it's called already the oni oni so yeah yeah this is a very very thin character trait to hang something on is that she objects to the type of input into (laughs) the world she prefers the haptic suit right and thinks that and her moral outrage over this is so over the top. Right. And so it's like, wait, does does wearing the suit, how does it differ from the other one in, 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 in what way? Well, it's better. Right. Oh, okay. It does a better <laughs> job of, of making the Oasis come to life. But she still lives in the Oasis all the time. Yeah. It's she's like, still wearing a haptic suit and going into the Oasis. But she's like, you monsters. <laughs> I shall, again, over my dead body, shall right. you use a slightly different input for this thing? It is like two different heroin uh, addicts. You know, one is criticizing the other one for the temperature that they're boiling their heroin at before they inject it type of thing. Right. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Well, it's the uh, you know uh, the hell of a rig community uh, blow to pop or it not. is yes yeah. 
there's always going to be schisms in these uh, in these communities. <laughs> uh, well, but to to make her point, she pulls up a half a dozen different world news feeds on the conference room view screen, filling it with images of poverty, famine, disease, war, and a wide array of natural disasters. Even with the audio muted, the barrage of images was pretty horrific. <laughs> and this, I, I would submit this as evidence that, because I find that to, that sounds almost like a joke, mm-hmm. but it's obviously not. So when we're confused about jokes, just remember the only real jokes he does are the bad puns that like his butler does or something, yeah. or the awful wordplay he puts in people's mouths. But it's not... He has no sense of humor or no. self-awareness. Yeah. So I just, lot, that's just put that as evidence for that. There's a lot to break down there. Because first, a, a wide array of natural disasters. There's probably, I mean, how many natural disasters can you name? I, I sort of quiz my family on this over Thanksgiving. You know, there's a earthquake. Tornado. Tornado, wildfire. Cyclone. Tornado causes, well, I mean, but those are pretty much the same thing. I mean, and those cause flooding. So is there really a wide array or... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then, well, I guess if she was putting up, um, you know, the the uh, the insect uh, locust swarms, locust yeah. swarms. And, but I, I mean, are we can, are we really calling that a natural disaster or is that more? I mean, but yeah, point taken. And then what yeah. was the second part of that? Even with the sound muted, uh, even with the audio muted, the barrage of images was pretty horrific. So do you is he, is he suggesting that when you when you when you cut to Anderson Cooper, you know, standing, uh, you know, in front of the the windy windy beach or whatever that you usually can can hear like the wailing and gnashing of teeth of people who have just, you know, had a loved one die in their arms? I, I don't know. I guess he's <laughs> never he's never sat at like a, you know, a Chinese buffet restaurant with 17 TVs and you know, when you see the devastation of an earthquake like hey could you turn the sound on i'm not sure whether that's bad or not <laughs> right <laughs> um but yeah so so she's they're all sort of like he goes through they're all like you said save the cats thing we don't need to get too down in but they all have charitable initiatives which the the only thing that i i noted of that was h started one providing impoverished african nations with self-sustaining technology and resources and for kicks she called it the wakandan outreach initiative um, and I just, you know, I, I thought it was interesting and I went back and looked that uh, Black Panther from Wakanda first appearance was Fantastic Four 52 in 1966. But it's it didn't uh, he didn't warrant a mention in the first book, um, even though a lot of his adventures took place during what would have been Halliday's Wheelhouse. It's almost as if something occurred in real time mm. pop culture between there <laughs> that called it to a lot of people's attention, even though he wasn't super popular even among the quote-unquote nerd community it's interesting i don't know (laughs) yeah the timing does uh yeah it is it is interesting yeah i did not even uh know i didn't know what that was but i think i had stopped looking things up yeah right it makes sense it's just that that was just one that stood out to being like you you dick you just (laughs) you took popular things for the past five years and now you're working that into your shitty narrative so now our heroine i guess she she's the moral uh, center the moral core of this book so far objecting to this and she's not a fan of poverty famine disease and war so yeah m- most of us are yeah she's I mean, not yeah that was what i uh, supported on giving tuesday was the poverty yes. disease famine and war initiative and so much like say you know alexander solzhenitsyn's speech uh you know about the <laughs> the evils of totalitarian government <laughs> systems uh she says i've got it on my Marsh- wall right now i Yes, she marshals her best argument. She says, 
haven't any of you rewatched The Matrix lately? <laughs> or Sar- Sword Art Online? And, and the argument over. Plugging your brain and your nervous system directly into a computer simulation is never a good idea. <laughs> yes. Have there been a lot of opportunities, I was wondering. Uh, but wow. Yeah, I assume, I mean, do you want to fill me in on Sword Art Online or should I read the email that I requested from, uh, from Janelle? Uh, please, I did not look it up. It's, I mean, it's an uh, anime about a kid and everyone who plays this game who gets stuck inside their avatars in a video game. You play it by lying down and putting a headset on. And if the power goes out, it will damage your brain. Okay. It's from well, 2013. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, but the fact that there's no, and, and the rest of them just sit there. I guess they have a good buffet at these meetings or whatever. So the rest of them just kind of sit there. They don't, th- this is the discussion over whether or not human beings should plug their Right. Is have any of you rewatched the Matrix? <laughs> like, like, like he doesn't have it memorized. He's playing flick syncs of it all the time. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it, it still to yeah to have your to have that be your your frame of reference from someone who makes you know all sorts of references to to terrible things. But uh, for her to be like you know again like I, I held a dying infant in my arms and this has really changed my perspective since I'm Mother Teresa, Joan Jett, and Oprah rolled into one. But I'm still that's that's still how I'm how I'm relating to you guys. Right. Uh, But she so this is uh, unbridgeable between the two of them, whether or not you use an ONI headset or a uh, haptic suit with several discrete openings, (laughs) a big, big difference. And so she breaks up with him. And here's his reaction. Once my brain finally processed what had happened, I collapsed into a chair clutching my chest (laughs) You did? Yeah. You went full Fred Sanford. (laughs) 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 He's once again, he's a cartoon. Yeah, that's incredible. I didn't really pick up on the mental image of that. And again, he sneaks in a little bit of Kleinian once my brain finally processed what had happened. Yeah. So again, he's he's slightly behind his own thoughts (laughs) and awareness. Something was said, not good. <laughs> process brain and then report back to me. Um well yeah, so they they she breaks up with him and they she also is not happy about this other project that it's revealed that they're doing which was uh they're they're loading up a spaceship to travel to Proxima Centauri with a bunch of people and embryos loaded on it, which, you know, it sort of gets, you know, maybe a page, you know, which is, I read a, I read a trilogy of books, The Three-Body Problem, which we've talked about that, that that's pretty much the, uh, I would say they were probably 400,000 words in total. That was the plot of it. Yes. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's sort of yada, yada, yada is over that, um, which, you know, is par for the course with curing cancer and all in a sentence, but... It is unbelievable. It gets the same treatment as I don't know. Like we're we're working on a, uh, you know, the ultimate soapbox racer or something. <laughs> right. I'm like, what you are? Well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like <laughs> you're talking about this space arc. It's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, I had to reread it. Like what? Yeah, and and you know, and, and it's it, overhead, right? It's top secret, and it's being built overhead. It's yeah, being you mean in, in space? The sky. Yeah, yeah, in space. Yeah, because yeah. he's got telescopes mounted on it and stuff. But yeah, so yeah, he he sort of he touches on. We've got you know a, a wide array of uh, of embryos from from all sorts of uh, races and and all across the world. Uh, but then he talks mostly about the uh, custom VR system that they're putting on there and says, uh, 
You know, just, again, something you would never even think of if you were, again, taking a space into another galaxy. But we had enough room to upload copies of more than 200 of our favorite Oasis planets along with their NPCs. <laughs> so there's no, like, the people who are, you know, oh, Wade has no idea how to build a spaceship or, you know, uh, fission or embryo storage. So the actual scientists who are doing this are not going... Leave the God the, the, the GI Joe planet off of the ship, man. This is not a priority. <laughs> we need to be able to like store people in you know suspended animation. We're still working that out. Yeah, what uh, it's it's always it's like the uh, Bond villain problem when there's you go below the Earth and there's a giant superstructure where there's uh, you know seven hundred guys like working on a new. He's got one of those. So, yeah. Like what? Where do they live? <laughs> right. The, their families, they're kissing their wives, they're, and they're not telling anyone? Like, no. <laughs> yes, exactly. how, how does security work? <laughs> Who's doing this? Then he walks in and, like you say, does some dumbass thing. Like, I want one room with just, like, Super Bowls that we can whip at each other's heads. Like, sir, please. Oh. We are trying to solve. <laughs> yeah. Cancel the AIDS cure. We've got, he's made a new request. Oh, God. We were so close. <laughs> um but he also says, uh, I thought this was, was, was a little uh, eye-opening. We didn't bother transferring any of the business content or retail planets over where we were going. We wouldn't need stores or commerce. Just a huge slam on goods and workers out of nowhere. Yes. You see, yeah. it's, I mean, that was a, you know, that was a primary, that was called driving the Columbus economy in the last book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Goods was it goods and workers? I think yeah, I think I think we often confused it with goods and services, but yes, it's the same, and, to the same that's point. Why, that's why I was confused. <laughs> uh, a couple points about their breakup. I just want to uh, just uh, he says he had doubts by the end of the first week at Ogg's estate. I'd already began to wonder if she was having second thoughts. So this is still while they were having constant unending shrieking out loud sex yes right that, that was waking all the to hear. everyone yeah. had to whistle and like kick at stones on the ground uh while they were doing this so she <laughs> he, but during that he noticed that she had uh, second thoughts sonic challenge of what her second thoughts might sound like in the middle of that <laughs> <laughs> you're be my guest <laughs> uh but yeah i mean but you know that maybe by the uh four dozenth time they listened to that flock of seagulls song that would probably be enough to give anyone second thoughts yes um, and, and she, another note about her, she traveled constantly visiting the world's most troubled and impoverished nations to focus media attention on their plight. Well, it seems like the media was pretty focused on it. What with those horrific streams she pulled up easily <laughs> at their board meeting, right? Right. Yeah. I uh, mean, he said there was a plethora. There was just an unending a, stream. A wide of array. It, so. Yeah. And the yeah. media also still, still venturing to these places of, of war torn uh, famine and natural disaster. They, the resources exist to do that as well. Yes. You'd think that would be a, you know, uh, uh, one of the first things to go is like, well, we're not sending more people into these areas. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, confusing, confusing world he's building here. Yeah. Well, that's, you want to move on to chapter two? Um, hang on. I have one more note. Yeah, we should, we should go on, but I just want to point this out. This Please. is another no, no, We don't want to thing. miss anything. No, I, I, have, I, have, we, I have so many notes that we yeah, can yeah, just yeah. go on. But this is one I just want to pull out. He said, uh, he's it's talking again of himself giving aid to someone or something. It was honestly the sort of help I would have wanted to receive if I'd been a kid living in the stacks. And it's like, well, I'm glad you're being honest. <laughs> right, <laughs> Which yes. parts prior to this have you been lying to us about? 
<laughs> it was honestly, honestly, like, yes. <laughs> that is such a stupid. Uh, anyway, yeah. All right. I mean, chapter two. I mean, right. Sure. Uh, the uh, chapter two starts off with uh, more about his wardrobe choices and workout routine. And uh, then we hear about his robotic butler, Belvedere, preparing him an omelet, hash browns, and fresh-squeezed OJ. So again, the uh, the the workings of the uh, agriculture and uh, dairy food chain remain uh, unimpeded, it seems. Of course, he's rich, so he can get them, but there is a, a farmer who's who's still toiling to produce those for the rich guy. And it seems like not not an issue, obviously, I mean, to, to get it to him, right? Right. No, of course not. The, yeah. those, so, all right. the goods are, are arriving. The workers remain to be seen. Yeah. And I know as he starts describing his day, again, I, I was just getting nervous thinking about he is the CEO, right? Uh, yeah. He's running a the biggest company in the world. It's really, as he describes it every time he talks about another company, it's like, then we crushed that one like a bug. Mm-hmm. And takeovers. He, yeah, he's the only company and he's running the world pretty much. Right. He he has the ability to destroy the world, which well, we'll get to that. Sure. But th- the point is, sir, you don't have time <laughs> to sit and put on Indiana Jones clothes and jog through your house and then sit and quietly eat, you know, a breakfast like you, you're on the move, man. Yeah. So you woke up. I just just occurred to me, you know, you always hear about these insane ceos that wake up at you know they're 70 years old but they're still waking up at 4 30 a.m so that's how they get their treadmill time in he woke up at 10 28 a.m yeah like you know the uh there's the economies have already opened and closed as he slept like right. <laughs> show is in japan being like what the hell like you need to the only way we're going to communicate is if you're up at 5 a.m uh has he never i mean isn't this a this is CEO a trait, right? I mean, they're just always, always going. Yes. You know, things coming to them, you know, uh, TLDR, uh, executive summaries being given to them by the hundreds. And, yeah, you know, paging and walk and talks. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, he's just lounging around, crawling <laughs> on top of his aunt's uh, dryer replica. And, Sometimes uh, he does and that. <laughs> Sometimes, that's true. Sometimes. <laughs> Uh, I like this. It was just, this was one of those things. And we have a lot of these where you it just you, you read something and then you think back to something you read mere paragraphs ago. Uh, he's talking about his butler robot. I programmed Belvedere never to speak unless spoken to because his synthesized voice set me on edge regardless of how much I tweaked his tone or inflection. Probably because I'd seen too many robot uprising movies. And I just refer you back to a uh, previous chapter where he has paid off the national debt and invented police telebots to help reestablish the rule of law in rural areas. I forgot so. about that. <laughs> that is just a one-sentence thing. About. Right, yes, exactly. Again, a, a trilogy could have been written about how that goes obviously so poorly awry. <laughs> um, he says... Uh, Oh, he 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 talks about how he stalks people who don't like him, and he destroys his enemies and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says this, and I think before I read it, think about Edward and Midnight Sun. Did he not also claim this defense? He says, "But trust me, there were far more twisted and depraved clips I could have played back. (laughs) The current top download in the NSF." W section of it was a 50 person orgy recorded simultaneously by all 50 participants giving the viewer the ability to jump from so then he goes into a long description of how i could have been could have been worse people right why are you judging me like edward thinking about killing his entire classroom in 30 seconds 
Yeah, and uh, he said one about uh, stalking her or something. That uh, oh yeah, cyber stalking Artemis. Yeah, I could have been. I could have been worse. You know, could have could have done something worse. Yes. <laughs> and to, and speaking of the uh, the CEO um, brain, he says uh, we, this counts as an action sequence. I think so far. I spent some time updating my ONI net queue with new Rex and Sims from the most popular download list. I did this every morning, even though I already had thousands of hours of experiences in my queue, more than I would ever have time to make it through, even if I lived to be 100. That's why I constantly updated and rearranged the clips in my queue. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm already imagining Spielberg storyboarding that scene for the, uh, for the sequel. He does a similar thing later about his email that I'm constantly working to get the filters right for my email. <laughs> no, you're not. Like right. you're, you're drinking orange juice and, and cringing at your butler voice. Right. Yes. And, you know, if, if everything you've described is true, uh, we've got this uh, haptic world where you can you can eat a virtual plums out of the icebox, you know, and leave an apology note for them. And yet your email filters are still a problem. They haven't worked yes. out spam from uh, fake princes. <laughs> like uh, the, the, again, the, the, get your, get your lab on that. And uh, maybe they'll solve that in a week with the budget you have available. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, let's just, I mean, spend 15 seconds. There are three levels of AI that are probably Chekhov's AI thing. The third one is the, the dangerous one that people are still in a race to develop. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't care, but it might come up later. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, it, it was, again, it's been referenced before in uh, twister, uh, the levels of tornado. There's a, <laughs> there's a level one. Is there a level two? There certainly is. There's a level two. Is there a level three? Yes. Yes. A level five. <gasps> How dare you? So yes, in AI, there's a level three. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which, all theoretical uh, but that's the uh that's evidently his robot police force is not that of that level so it's not he he declares it not dangerous but he talks about it as though it exists somewhere out there like didn't he create it because he's the one making the the robots and everything his company is doing it he would have intimate knowledge of how those levels work and how they're how they have to be adopted and he also yeah. never talks. I mean, I mean, there's brief mentions of lawsuits and things, but he never talks about his obvious uh, constant interaction with uh, the very, very, very highest levels of government. Right. That's a like good the point. president certainly coming over, uh, you know, at least once a week to discuss the many changes he's making to the world. Yeah, I, I wondered about that because it's some later on. Artemis is trying to implement an age restriction that says, like, I don't want, you know. I don't want ONI to be used by kids who aren't even old enough to vote yet. And it's like, so there is still a system of democracy out there yes. <laughs> that is presiding over this terrible world uh, of, uh, you know, of debt and uh, natural disasters. But it's, yeah, just hand waved away whenever it's convenient. Yes. And also a world stable enough that when um, any of the other four put up a clip, no matter what it is, it goes viral. Mm hmm. So people are still, they seem to be quite free and, you know, choices are being made constantly. Um, yeah, the, the, the guy who's, uh, who's got you at shotgun point uh, so that his, uh, his lackey with a hook hand can siphon your gas out of your uh, Mad Max vehicle. Uh, you both just agree, a gentleman's agreement to stop and watch the clip on your, on your devices to get Wi-Fi uh, still wherever they are on the wasteland. Yep, you nod at him, give him a little wink. Like that was a good one today. <laughs> right, sure was. Yeah, yeah. That he Back shoots at your, it. shoots your daughter in the face. Just you know, <laughs> uh, you know, let that be a warning to the rest of your clan. 
<laughs> Please like, rate, and subscribe. Yes. Uh, but uh, so we do know we he does have problems, obviously. But he is yeah. he is going he is getting help, which is encouraging. I think um, uh, it is. Yep, he's getting he's going to therapy, which I think I'm not sure if if someone recommended that for him, but he uh, he's he's got a custom software therapist, and when you first installed it. You were allowed to select your therapist's physical appearance and personality from thousands of pre-made options from Freud to Fraser. Again, that's probably a false range there. Those are two, those are two psychologists. So, um, I'd selected Sean McGuire, Robin Williams' character in Goodwill Hunting, the classic '80s movie from 1997. Um, so that's good. You know, he's, he's yeah. I mean. It... But if it's just a, a virtual, like, there's no moral accountability. You're just sort of talking to someone, right? Uh, yeah, and he, he admits right off the bat that he's lying to the therapist. Right, um, right. So, so I mean, I, I guess it's good. I'll, 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 I'll have to take that under advisement, whether or not it's good to talk to this person. Because if it, it's created by him, so it's not really, <laughs> not really doing anything. But fair enough. He's well, at least, he's attempting. Yeah, well, I mean, well you know, that, that sounds a little judgmental to me i mean i i actually i actually found a clip of of what what one of these sessions went like and it, it, to me it, it sounded like he was actually getting the help he needed yeah yeah, yeah. oh oh okay. well found well, a clip I, is a weird is a weird way to put it i, I yeah i don't know how you find a clip of a fictional world but well i commissioned one. Oh, you oh you did yeah which reached out to some old friends of ours a 372 players oh how are they they are. I mean, they're 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 doing well. They're this is a lot of their their main gigs. You know, they're still sort of they're 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 struggling actors, but they're yeah. they're grateful I mean, every time we reach out. It is it is uh, especially that we have it in the writer. They cannot work on anything else. Yeah, which... it it made me feel bad about when I would object to you, um, you know, blowing our budget on them because yeah. right. You know, okay. it, occasionally it, I will get a phone call from one of them with a little pushback on that, and I say, "Look, it's it's airtight. I'm sorry, the end user license agreement." Yeah, I would say I'm hanging up the phone up. in three, two, one, unless you unless you relent on this, and they would say, yeah. "Fine, yeah. we will not eat again." It's it's very similar to the arrangement I guess the rest of the world has with Wade, us and the yes, players. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, yes, yes. They, I said, listen, I want to hear what what one of these sessions with um, Wade's uh, robotic Robin Williams. Uh, therapist would sound like and i mean say what you will about their demands annoying uh, whiny uh ungrateful yeah they they deliver the goods when it comes to these that's true that's true they always come through in the end it's uh you know showbiz must the show must go on exactly and uh they know that we could replace them at any given time i know you listen let's let's just roll the clip It's just, uh, I still have a lot of guilt, you know? It's not your fault, Wade. Oh, but my aunt would still be alive if I hadn't ever... It's not your fault. And sweet old Mrs. G, I... It's not your fault. I just... I, I just feel like I've let everyone down. Say it with me. It's not your fault. It's... It's not my fault. Oh, Lordy, he finally said it. I thought we were going to have to start speaking in tongues and handling snakes. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Yo, 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 with snake dog in the house, sliming and a slithering. Slithering? Guess that's better than Hufflepuff. Hello, I am in Hufflepuff. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, what? I'm... 
bearing my soul to you. Could you knock it off for just half an hour, man? Sure thing. So, tell me about your mother. Okay, um... Well, I never really knew my parents. Oh, an orphan. You know who else was an orphan? Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababa. Genuflect, show some respect, down on one knee. Damn it! Hey! So- sorry, sorry. This is deeply personal, and you're not taking it seriously. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry, but tomorrow is another day. Enough, enough, hey! I'm sorry to lash out. It's just that Samantha hasn't been returning my calls, and I'm worried it's over for good. Well, relationships are complicated. You've got to put yourself in her mindset. And to do that, I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. Accountability! I will pump up the sock saws. Wiggity, 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 yo, yo, yo. You already did your poorly aged 90s rap voice. You know what? This is not worth my time or money. I can go to any therapist I want. Well, you already paid for this session. You, You may as well finish it out. Fine. Let's go back to my first point. We'll try a little repetition exercise. Wade? How much of this is your fault? I don't see how this is going to help. How much of this is your fault? None. And I am giving you permission to love yourself. So repeat that for me. How much of this is your fault? None. And who is giving your permission to love yourself? You. All together now. None. You. A couple times. None you, none you. Oh, you tricked me, you son of a bitch! Nanu, nanu! Alright, I'm teleporting to planet TGIF. I'm gonna have a beer with the nerdy kid from Step by Step. He was also in the classic Charles Grodin dog movie Beethoven. Yeah, I know! Hey, I'm, I'm sorry, Wade, I'm sorry. Look, before you leave, come over here. By the mirror? Yeah. You see that guy? The Wade who is walking out of this appointment is not the Wade who walked in here. Whatever burdens the old Wade carried, they're not coming with you. And that goes for every new day, so I want you to think about that. And I want you to look new Wade in the eye. And I want you to say, Hello! Oh, damn it! Mrs. Doubtfire, seriously, I'm out of here! Yeah, go talk about snorks with Stuart Smalley, you psychopath! I violated doctor-patient confidentiality every night on my need feed. You suck, Wade! No freaking way Affleck and Damon actually wrote this movie. So there we go. Like I said, they uh, they delivered the goods. Yeah. Uh, and now they can go back and uh, go back in their little closets and holes from where they crawled out of until we call you again. Sounds good, yeah. And if you don't like it, hey, we've got the dark web. There's a, a wide array just like natural disasters of clips on there we can download. Yeah, it's like the uh when we talk about the um uh who's the uh, the Baja men waiting <laughs> for any new dog movie to come out yes. and then one comes out and their phone doesn't ring, they have to be like, "What?" Uh, that's what <laughs> that's what the 372 players see right. uh, that we're getting ready to do another episode. They're you like, "All right." Yeah. And then the phone just does not ring. Baja yeah. men came up shockingly often on my uh on my thanksgiving uh, no. visit with my family yeah my brother was just... my brother was he called a dog a uh a, a mangy yellow-bellied cur 
when we were trying to play pickleball, a stray dog ran by. Sure. Well, maybe it was owned by someone, but it was a small town, so they just let their dogs run free. And uh, people were like, "Mangy, what? Where did you? Where did that phrase come from?" And he's like, "That's a that's a lyric in Who Let the Dogs Out." Oh my uh, gosh! It turns out he, 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 it was not. There was like mongrel or like you know mangy mongrel or something was the actual lyric. But uh, just to assert that you knew some of the lyrics that were not. Who let the dogs out? In who let the dogs out was a was a, a big enough moment for me. He, at least he was not incredulous that you did not recognize the lyrics from. Right. He didn't go like, "Come on, guys, that's from Who Let the Dogs Out." <laughs> right? <laughs> you haven't you rewatched The Matrix lately? That's, uh... <laughs> and then there was another game where you get a sort of uh, a range on this uh, on a on a array. Um, and one of them was, you know, one hit wonder to pop icon and your, your dial is set to a, only, you know, where it is. And so someone was trying to explain this and someone was like, so like at one end would be Baja man. Another one would be Madonna. So, wow. Yeah. That, it is a rare day. Where, uh, <laughs> more than one Baja man. <laughs> uh, so back to Wade. Yeah. So he's in the, uh, he describes how social media exists in the Oasis. Yeah. It had all been transferred over there. He describes Facebook and etc. Uh, but uh, so it's it's imported into the Oasis, as you might imagine. But I'm just left. I stopped reading there and just went, uh, Bridget, come in here. What? I don't get this. Social media is on the Oasis, but how would that work? And then okay. she said, keep reading, dear. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. And then I kept reading and it said, it allowed the billions of Oasis users around the world to share messages, <laughs> memes, files, photos, songs, videos, celebrity gossip, oh pornography, God. and petty insults with one another, just as people had been doing on the internet for the past half century. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. I Defenders of Klein, take that sentence. Take that sentence and yeah. defend that. <laughs> oh, man. It's... It's just so unnecessary. It, it is what we, it's what people, it's like describing, uh, you know, that, that Wade needed to breathe air, you know, my oxygen need my air, my lungs needed to take in oxygen, convert them to whatever and expel them as carbon dioxide. But again, as we've said with so many of these books, where's the editor? And do they just <laughs> give up? Do they just go, it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> But I mean, he so he sets that up, and but he he goes on to to sort of explain some some something that had never really occurred to me, which is that like, well, hey, I'll just read it to you. I, I'd finally gained enough distance from my addiction to realize something: human beings were never meant to participate in a worldwide social network comprised of billions of people. We were designed by evolution to be hunters gatherers with the mental capacity to interact with a few members of our tribe. Uh, this was why. Social media had been gradually driving the entire population of the world insane since it emerged back around the turn of the century. And I, w I mean, you know, we we, we got to give credit where it's due. This this opened my eyes. Like, I, it never had occurred to me that social media might have a dark side. That it might, instead of bringing us closer together, might no, it's, actually it's, be pushing us further apart. No, I'm pretty sure it's an unalloyed good, and everyone says no, that. No, no, no one... No, there's 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 a there's an underbelly to it all that what I think that these these corporations they they started off as just you know trying to unite uh, college students and now they're running what is essentially a, a, their own nation state and they they've not taken the time or responsibilities to reckon with these 
with these responsibilities they now find themselves having to confront and um, and how it affects people emo- I mean, I just, emotionally, how it affects you know I, our I, elections. I, I I'm not I. This is I, well, this is news to me. Look, let's table this for now. Reread the passage I, I, of Klein. He really I don't. <laughs> I am not buying this, but it's uh, the most okay. trite, uh, you know, pre-Black Mirror bullshit you could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, what what if there's a dark side to all of this? Like, yeah, it's been uh, it's been that's been pretty much since day one that people have been worried about this. Unbelievable. But the he, fact that he doesn't, he just puts it in the middle of a book about <laughs> the, the Oasis is just so. Yeah, the the so sequel funny. to a book about the Oasis that we've already seen that it, it drove people nuts. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, let me uh, off of that. Let's get a window a little more into his character. There, there we have a window into his intellect and his ability to grasp huge philosophical, sociological, uh, uh, con, uh, <laughs> you know, concepts. But this is his uh, character. Okay. Uh, a band posted a music video to the ONI net that racked up over a billion downloads before I had it taken offline. It was uh, critical of him. Mm -hmm. Then I sued the band for defamation and bankrupted each of its members, (laughs) which, of course, only made the public hate me even more. Right. Yeah. Our hero. He's an absolute sociopath. He ruined these people's lives who had actually sort of, I don't know, the, the song, he does not give the context, but it does seem to be a gentle... They, a satire of a guy who runs pretty much the planet. I they think took his own is, words and just layered them over a, a punk track or something. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, we, we actually we have an email, uh, the email section from a lawyer analyzing this particular case. So we can. We <laughs> okay, can, good. But yeah, it's like uh, Devin Nunes suing the cow on Twitter. It's like the most, you know, everyone is like, what are you doing, man? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I actually think about each. So each member of the band. Now, in this world that, um, you know, poverty and, and famine and everything everywhere, he bankrupted these guys. Right. His children, he might have killed children, like directly <laughs> murdered the children of these uh, people because they can no longer, they right. can't make a living. They had their first viral clip uh, that was uh, going viral. And all of a sudden, yeah, they, they, what they thought was their biggest success turned out to be their greatest undoing. Just another cautionary tale of social media. Uh, that I'm now I'm now aware of. Uh, yeah, this is wow. You're, do you want to take a minute and go? I, it's it's just I, I'm just reconsidering how I how I spend a lot of my time. It's you know <laughs> I've what seen a, I've seen nothing but good. But uh, uh, yeah. friends, we call them friends on on Facebook. But how many of them are really our friends? <laughs> uh, it's true, but I can only like things, right? Uh, uh, he then goes on the mad uh, troll killing spree. Yes. Which, you know, again, it's not murder, murder of the corporeal body, but he's taking people out of the Oasis, which How he they made, make their living, yeah. Yeah, which, which is, again, you know, you cut a person off from their mode of living. You're, it's, you know, a death of sorts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but he just does that uh, like a spree, an actual spree. Uh, yeah, he uses his super user powers to uh, come in, uh, you know, murder them and uh no one can trace it because it's not his deal but he real people realize of course what's going on because all these people who die were critical of him so it starts parzival gate so it's good that that suffix has also uh, existed into the future 
the general consensus was this. If the Oasis stopped working for more than a few days, so would human civilization. <laughs> Which I, This is in the middle of a sentence. He kind of buried the lead here that he is an all-powerful god. Right, because he says he's got a big red button that could stop it at any moment, and he doesn't tell anyone about that. So that's, you know, I guess one more checkoff thing. Yep. Um, wow. But he... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to miss this moment because this guy currently in his in his troll killing, uh, band suing thing. He doesn't. He sounds no better than your common, I rock, from the first book. He says that, uh, and we get a mention of him in this chapter. He says my detractors in the media began to refer to my avenue avatar as Parvenu, which I don't get. Uh, Do you- Parvenu is isn't that a. Uh, uh- was someone who's faking it or something? Oh, a, uh, oh like a poser? I, I, think, I think it means a poser. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, instead of Parzival, while the less pretentious garden variety assholes online instead chose to adopt Irock's old nickname for me, Penisville. <laughs> and I just found this hilarious because Irock is spelled here I, capital I dash capital R O C. And I, again, went back to the first book to look where it is, of course, spelled capital I, capital R, zero K. So he didn't even wow. uh, wasn't even consistent with that between the two books, <laughs> and th- and that was a case of the editor going, okay, you don't want me to edit, I'm not right. going to edit. <laughs> and I just wanted to revisit for you. You may have forgotten some of Irock's choice dialogue. Um, this is the, this was in like the first or second chapter of the book. Are you Cox still talking about Star Wars? Shut your hole, Penisville. Ugh. So sorry to upset you, Captain. No credits. Hey, shouldn't you be on Incipio panhandling for change right now? Poser, Penisville is calling me a poser. And I'll have you note that just like Irock differing, uh, Penisville in the first book has a dash between penis and ville, whereas in Freddy Player 2, it is uh, all one word. So I guess that's, you know, language adapts. Language language morphs over time. You know, that's irre- true. But- irregardless is now in Webster's. So I, I suppose this is, it's, it's petty of us to point that out. So No, no, you doing that is the Lord's work, Connor. You keep that up. Keep digging back at the other the spellings in the original <laughs> book of Ready Player One. You might say that, uh, the, that this part might address people like me. The rational part of my brain knew that the vast majority of the people who trolled us online were acting out due to crushing disappointment with their own miserable lives. And who could blame them? Reality was completely miserable for a vast majority of the world's population. I should have taken pity on the sad, pathetic souls who had nothing better to do with their time than vent frustrations by attacking me and my friends. A2, Klein. I, uh, I thought of this. Uh, it's funny. that This is his uh, clever uh, bite back at all of his critics, right? I mean, yeah. it's so bald-faced and stupid, uh, you know. When Stephen King did it, he created misery, you know, an entire character that are his critics that he gets to weave this incredibly taut tale and then at the end gets to bash them over the head with his typewriter. <laughs> it's pretty clever. In a, you know, it's it's heavy handed, but he, he earns it, right? Right. Oh, yeah. This is Klein just turning and like pulling down his pants like, you think I'm a bad writer? Well, you're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> right. And, you know, yeah, sure. And Stephen King is the... Uh... He's like, you know, Harrison Ford. If he wants to take off, uh, you know, one book since he writes two a year and, and make something that's either self-indulgent or whatever, you can move move it along. <laughs> this is Klein's third book, and he's already <laughs> yeah. crapping on his critics, his justifiable critics. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but what in the name of hell is the spider coffin thing? Yeah, the motive suit. Oh, God. 
Mm-hmm. So I swear to God, this is he writes these big things. He realizes what a dummy, like he's written himself into a stupid corner. Like, okay, so there's a suit, but instead of the haptic suit, you can't move. You have to lie in a coffin. Oh, but then you'd have to, like, what do you do then about people who come up and, like, pokey with sticks and dump <laughs> urine in your face? Oh, a new breed well, of thieves, rapists, serial killers, and Orvin harvesters. <laughs> So then new he already lives in a place with more private security than <laughs> any, you know, head of state on the planet. Mm-hmm. But and then he also has a bat cave. He has a, ca- a secure cave beneath the castle that he lives in. But then he also has a coffin that he crawls into an impenetrable <laughs> coffin with spider legs that walks down. The- right. Yeah. What? So he he just comes up with ideas. Then he realizes he has to cover for him. But he's the uh, little Dutch boy with like I've made too many, I've made too many stupid uh, early choices, and now I have to cover for them with even dumber things. <laughs> it's obviously with a wink towards a you know p- potential movie or something. Yes, of course. He got the uh, robot knife fight suit from Avatar. Yeah. But so incredible. And then we get, of course, to the the heart of this chapter. I'm sure you find it is too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I know what you're about to read. Uh, I, I think I should just... I'll read the whole thing, and then we'll, we promise to move it along. Okay. <laughs> I went into the office's <laughs> yes, private yes, bathroom yes. and remained there until I'd emptied my bowels and bladder as much as possible. This had become a pre-login ritual for every ONI user, which means most of the people on the planet, Mm -hmm. especially those who wanted to remain logged in for a full 12 hours without soiling themselves. (laughs) When I emerged from the bathroom, I climbed into the motive and settled into the foam form-fitting gel foam flotation recliner. Its padded retaining bands locked into place around my arms, leg, and waist to keep me from falling out. Throughout my long ONI session, the recliner would periodically rotate my body and flex my limbs to increase circulation and prevent muscle atrophy. There were also special suits you could wear that would electrically stimulate your muscles while you were under, but they irritated my skin, so I never wore them. (laughs) That is a lot of stupid for one paragraph. It is, especially because it starts at a 12 out of 10 with the uh, (laughs) emptying your bowels as much as possible. So was there, you know, if you're really doing it as much as possible, there has to be some sort of, you know, insertion and and flushing, I would say. I guess he's taking that uh, Louis Armstrong used to promote that super powerful laxative. (laughs) It was like one of the things he was known for. He'd tell everyone he met, like, you got to try this. And then he'd. (laughs) And he, there was pictures of him sitting on the toilet, smiling. Oh, know. my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did ads for them. Please, sir, it, stick to being yes. you know, the top three jazz legend of all time. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so that's what he's doing. He's just blasting himself. But also, he had a solution. Discreet openings. Yes. He had, <laughs> so the, these are all the problems that he's talking about. Like, the O&I suit is the next generation. Like, you were on a treadmill before. You must have been in great shape. Right, yeah. He talks about that. He does acknowledge how, how ripped he got. And now he, he's, he's too delicate for, uh, you know, basic, you know, physical therapy muscle massaging. And and so this is all worth, what, feeling the, the what, the apple crunch under his fingertips or whatever? Right, yes. <laughs> worth a, a potential uh, organ harvester or thieve sneaking in while he's doing it hey as long does maybe he spent uh because he gives away billions of dollars just like it'll just be parenthetically in the middle of a cent i spent a billion to give that 
like I guess free spider coffins for the orphans out there. <laughs> right, a, a robotic spider killed my uh, killed my mother in the uh, post Rockies wasteland. What? Who cares, kid? I'm sorry this brings up bad memories, but it's the best. The the motive suit is the top of the line. Uh, what do you want? A new breed of serial killer to stab you? Come on, take the <laughs> is take it, the spider. Is it really coffin. a new breed? Are are, are the previous <laughs> serial killers like looking down on these guys as having taken it too far? Like, <laughs> it seems like a lot of the guys probably would have just you know also focused their attention on this uh, on this uh, potential target as well. Yet again, another thing that could be a trilogy: the people who would kill, you know, the the mind of people who are trying to get around the security measures of this thing. But it's just a sentence for him. Right. Yes. <laughs> Woo. Well, that's my uh, that's my chapter two. And uh, as we hit the uh, halfway mark, that's yeah, I would that... just I have one more thing is that he so he builds the uh, the elevator, the top secret. It, it looks just like the elevator that he builds down to his thing where he takes his spider coffin. It perfectly recreated the look of the top secret Pepsi elevator guarded by B.B. King in Spies Like Us. Mm hmm. Which I'm surprised he didn't, you know, reference like K9 with uh, <laughs> Jim, Jim Belushi. Belushi or so. I just don't understand the <laughs> spies like us. But then he says later, uh, the, the whole world knew my address. So I didn't feel like I was being paranoid. I was just taking sensible precautions. I mean, <laughs> it is always sensible when you build a Pepsi elevator guarded by being yeah. king and spies. <laughs> that is just, look, yeah. when you sit down with a financial advisor, that's the first thing they're going to suggest that you do. Yeah, when I give my uh, if I'm ever invited to give the commencement speech at my high, my high school as an alumni, I'm gonna be like, I know this is this is trite on the level of you know take the road less traveled type of thing, but really, it is it is in your best interest to at some point in time build a Pepsi elevator like the one that spies like us guarded by BB King. Thank you. Oh, I know that's uh, oh I'm adulting up here and I'm talking <laughs> about, but seriously, people, this this is a step you should take. Right. Yes. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you about it afterwards. I'll give you a card. I've got a guy. Uh, th thank you, class of 2049. <laughs> All right. Chapter 0003. Well, no, let's do some fanfic, right? All right. Let's do some fanfic. And now I bet they bitching cause my flow switching Trying to tell me what to write about some fan fiction Can't they just be happy? I no longer have to face eviction That I'm living on my life I'm living on my inner vision right I predict now. utter failure Alright, well, just cause it's, uh, it's so early on in the game? Well, it's, it's, uh, people are going to be too, too studied in this mm -hmm. And it's, it's so copyable <laughs> There's uh, literally nothing you could invent that would be you know where i would just say huh that is right. too stupid right yes um, yeah obviously so that that makes it very challenging well, i know that's been true of a lot of books though true you know like there's uh, been some stupid stuff happening right I, and the i think the we got so many here that i sort of you know i was able to pick which ones i thought would be um would work the best and so you, you, sometimes people can tip their hand a bit too much and also, people, <laughs> these don't need to be uh, these don't need to be two thousand words. People, these can be, uh, you know, keep it to keep it. You know, a hundred is probably about the level we need. Um, to yeah, as, yeah, as a rule, <laughs> you don't need to be an actual chapter of Ready Player Two for this. But uh, I, 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 I kid, of course, because a lot of these people who submitted these are our beloved Patreon supporters. We have a lot of new people joining that since Ready Player Two. Um, so yeah, welcome to everyone who's new on that. It's patreon.com slash 372 pages. Um, you get every episode early, so you can jump in on uh, the reading for the next time. And uh, you can you can listen to us talk about Ernest Klein before anyone else. 
and, uh, and extras, including what will come later today, yeah. me, me getting to quiz Connor, which is fairly rare. He's going to quiz me. We're going to do a uh, Meet the Authors with Bob Fingerman and his buddy Adam Rifkin. We're going to do uh, you. I'm going to pick the winner who gets my uh, Twilight book with all my notes uh, scrawled in it. So, you know, right. five bucks a, lot, a month. A lot Should going on there. It's fun. All, all right. right. So we've got five entries here. They could all be real or they could all be fanfic or a combination of the two. Are you ready? I am ready. Lucky pencil? I, do, I couldn't find it. Wow. Well, right. it's been it's been spotty. The, so the times that it's and, you know, if we went back and looked, it probably doesn't help that much. All right. Here's number one. Sorrento was standing in the steel-walled room. Good evening, Mr. Watts. I have been expecting you. His avatar had his usual black business suit and sunglasses, but to my amazement, I realized he had the Infinity Gauntlet on his left hand. The Infinity Gauntlet was an artifact used by the nihilist character Thanos, first seen in Marvel's six-part series called the Infinity Gauntlet in 1991. It had not been mentioned in the Almanac, but I had read it two times just in case. The gauntlet contained six infinity gems of mind, power, reality, soul, space, and time, which Thanos used to bend reality to his will. However, the gems in Sorrento's glove were different. They were the six shards. My mind reeled. Was the glove the seventh shard? Had it really been this obvious all along? I decided to put on my game face and turned the emotion suppressors up to 90%. You're as cliche as always, Nolan. And I see you were behind the lowjacking of Ecto-88. All right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that is fanfic. Okay. I'm I'm guessing that, well, why would I do that? No, I'm not going to guess that Sorrento doesn't return. But that strikes me as, as, as dumb, but uh, I'm going to say fanfic. Okay. Here's number two. This hunt was different. Though H and I had worked together before to solve Halliday's riddle, now we were definitely working against each other. Ever since Soto gave me the last piece of the puzzle before his death, I was now a man on a mission. A lone wolf. Both an immovable object and an unstoppable force. If that meant losing my last friend, so be it. This was bigger than her. This was bigger than me. This was bigger than life, the universe, and everything. I was going to push the red button and save the world. Hmm. Life, the universe, and everything, of course. Uh, the third book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. Oh, I'll say real. Okay. <laughs> um, number three. What did you become? Artemis asked in an unsteady voice. What are you? The thing humans have been dreaming of for centuries, Anorak replied. I am the world's first artificial intelligence, a thinking being of no woman born. His proclamation was met with stunned silence. I forced myself to break it. Sure you are, I said, and I'm the king of Kashmir. Anorak burst out laughing. He laughed for a long time. It was unnerving. Mad Mardigan's line from Willow, he said as he regained his composure. Good one, Z. Oh, fanfic. <laughs> Willow. Um, number four. What could a passcode have to do with freedom? Max wondered aloud. 7-4-76, he punched in. But it didn't work. Suddenly, the answer hit me like a sledgehammer. I stepped forward and typed 9-19-85. The doors slowly opened. Max was in shock. What was that, he asked. I replied, September 19th, 1984. 
the day D. Snyder put Tipper Gore in her place in the name of musical freedom. <laughs> <laughs> of course, referring to the uh, hearings in Congress on uh, explicit lyrics. PMC? PMRC, yeah. PMRC, okay. Because didn't uh, detractors would say pop music is really cool? Oh my God, well, they didn't make themselves look good in that sense. No, no one comes out looking good there. Um, I'd say that's fanfic. Okay. And the last one, number five. There are five different John Candy NPCs wandering around Shermer, Artemis said. Can you name all of them? Sure, I said. Del Griffith, of course. Then there's Chet Ripley, C.D. Marsh, and Gus Polinsky, the polka king of the Midwest. Oh, and I saw Buck Russell this morning. She grinned at me, impressed. Not bad, Watts, she said. Still sharp as a tack. She pointed to a log cabin-style restaurant on the other side of the street called Paul Bunyan's Cupboard, with large statues of Paul and Babe the Blue Ox by its front entrance. Want to stop in and try to eat an old 96er? Artemis asked. It's probably a lot harder when you're using an ONI. Appearing to realize what she just said, she cut herself off and out of the corner of my eye, I saw her wince. Fuck yes, I said, elbowing her in the ribs to let her know it was all right. If we had time, I would destroy an old 96er right now. I lowered my voice. You might think that I would be opposed to eating something worth the word Sixer in its name, but I am not at all. <laughs> Artemis laughed her laugh again, and it was music to my ears. Oh, uh, fanfic. <laughs> oh, John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, well, let's just go through them. Number one. Okay. You did You did You did fine. Uh, number one was uh, running up to Sorrento. Life, the I mean, sorry, running up to Sorrento, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, uh, you said fanfic. That was fanfic written by Jory. Okay, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet worked out well for the Seven Shards, though. Uh, number two, number two was uh, Life, the Universe, and Everything. Um, push the red button and save the world. You said real. That was fanfic written by Hayden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, Mad Mardigan's line from Willow. Uh, you said fanfic. That is real. No. Real. <laughs> Submitted by Kevin. <laughs> oh. Well, so that's got... a slam dunk. I mean, <laughs> come on. He laughs for a long time when he references oh, Mad Mardigan's line from Will. That's so, not fair. Uh, the Shadow Moon crossover rearing its head. We had someone God. else who submitted a fanfic that featured Willow, and I, I went with the real one. Uh, oh. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, number four was uh, Tipper Gore. Uh, you said fanfic. That is fanfic written by IJC. Nice. Number, f- number five, uh, you said fanfic. Uh, that is real. The John Candy planet, uh, John Candy NPCs running around is real. <sighs> submitted by Josh. <laughs> so we've got that to look forward to. Good Lord. It's amazing. All right, so I got three out of five. Yeah. So Not yeah, bad. Again. It's, it's guessing. It's guessing. Wait, wait. You got three out of five incorrect. I think you got two out of five correct. I did? You got uh, Tipper Gore correct. You got uh, Thanos correct. But you said, you said uh, Life, Universe, and Everything was real. It was not. You said oh, man. Mad Mardigan was fanfic. It was well, then real. in what universe did I do fine? I don't know. I, it's hard. To, <laughs> the way I do this, it's hard to keep track. I have, like, this says fanfic real Josh. So I, it's just hard for me. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, as I told you, it's it's humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's very difficult. Well, we'll see Obviously, if I do as any you better. as you see, just like I predicted, nothing is too stupid for this man to pull into his universe. <laughs> um, well, in in chapter three, uh, we, we we learned that that is true as well because it starts with some good escapist fiction, 
as we log in for a virtual reality shareholders meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, uh, but he goes, so in order to get into it, he's in his impenetrable spider coffin through the BB King Pepsi elevator down in his basement, and then he switches on his control panel and watches himself in his spider coffin. Mm-hmm. Goes to a virtual place to watch himself. <laughs> so there's a he he literally from his control panel goes to another control panel. Yeah, looks back at himself and then goes into the meeting. I just want to point out that he. Yeah, that's, it's uh, like making yeah. your Sims play the Sims or something. Yes, <laughs> and then so he's in the oasis and he makes a big show of uh, that he's able to go from one place to another. Right, without... Uh, I've, I've, he did this in the first one, incredulous. When I selected and tapped the teleport icon, my avatar was instantly transported to a set of previously saved coordinates <laughs> hundreds of millions of virtual kilometers away. He's He acts like this is a thing that people are going to go, like their breath will hitch a little bit. <gasps> what? How does right. he do that? Yeah, like it's, it's the Harlem Globetrotter who could dunk on a 12-foot rim or something. Like we're going to be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yes, we go to the shareholder meeting. What do you, what do you got for that? I like the H says, uh, Artie's running late. She's supposed to be logging in from Liberia, I think. Yeah, I said, rolling my eyes. That's the most recent stop on her ongoing tour, the world's most depressing places. So, uh, you know, <laughs> apologies to all our listeners in Liberia for the uh, for the dunk on you out of nowhere as well. Right. <laughs> I will point out that eye roll is eye roll number three. I just nice. started making count. So wow. there, there's more to come. All right. It's, it's, virtual eye rolls, regular eye rolls. Uh, probably Belvedere the robot is running, rolling his eyes at some point in time soon. He So he sees H and Shoto, right? Mm-hmm. He sees them in person. And then he spends page after page after page telling us in a boring list fashion what they've been doing. Yeah. Instead of they're there, why aren't you having yeah right a scene? It's unbelievable. It's just like Shoto had been here and blah 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 blah. He's right there in front of you. What? Right. Why are you just listing this shit? Show don't tell type. Of, I mean, not that's not a joke, but uh, you know, what have you done since the last time we met? Well, I've done this. And yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make it better. Or I, I, it doesn't make it more exciting, but at least it it's like he's sitting right there. Uh, but yeah, it's most of these people are, for the most part, uh, unchanged. It says becoming a billionaire hadn't altered H's personality at all. And I just thought, well, then she's tremendously failed. Like you're the, the, the one of the biggest like quotes that you probably have said in your life is with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, I know everyone would be like, wouldn't change me. But it's like you could at least you know, uh, take things a bit more seriously. But it says she still liked to have ridiculous arguments about old movies. She loved to get her kills on in PvP arena tournaments. H was still a total badass. It's like, well, you'd, you'd think the, the weight of the world might weigh heavier on her shoulders and that might cut down on her time to uh, to play Fortnite, but I guess not. To whom much has been given, much will be expected, says the <laughs> Bible. And uh, <laughs> these people could have made a little more with it. I don't know. Yeah, they, he did hand wave away all their, you know, Wakanda initiative and garbage like that. But, you know, um, we but then Shoto is uh, he Japan, despite the, the main problems of the world being alluded to as being caused almost solely by overpopulation. Japan has an underpopulation couple. And so 
he and uh, Kiki, his wife, are Wade's concerned they're they're having a, a baby too early, but that's uh, that's what they're doing. Um, and I was I was just imagining what Shoto, what 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 pop culture references he might have trotted out to convince Kiki to uh, to to go down that path with him. Yeah, I wonder what, what what movie did you come up with? Anything? Well, I just it would be like you know, well, uh, I'll be it'll be like I'll be Tom Selleck in Three Men and a Baby, and uh, you know, just minus the other two men, we we need the baby to make my analogy work. <laughs> Here, let me walk you through the flick sync of that. Maybe that'll help you. <laughs> but then uh, this is just again, you, you you mocked me earlier, but uh, someone pointed out on on Twitter, user at the Third Duck Man told us that. Uh, it keeps talking about Shoto being half a second behind because of his earpiece. And Ready Player One, Dato and Shoto both lived in Japan. They'd become national heroes. And I knew they both spoke Japanese and English fluently. Wait, so, that's from the first book? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. And the reason that that user said, the reason I noticed this is because he did the exact same Asian character has to use a translator thing with Chen in Armada. I have no evidence he mixed up Shoto and Chen somehow, but well <laughs> wow so, yeah that's interesting that's incredible yeah oh my god um th- this i just found was a hilarious reveal just sort of buried in the stupid details about you know just him backfilling what had happened before mm-hmm. after halliday's contest sorrento had been convicted of 37 separate counts of first degree homicide <laughs> he was now serving time on death row in a maximum security prison in chillicothe ohio about 50 miles south of columbus <laughs> <laughs> just a parenthetical like that's kind of the was the whole nub of the book right there's no and he starts with the uh, descriptions of his butler serving him orange juice and stuff <laughs> how about what happened to your the the big boss the mean bad guy the you know yeah it's just set in the middle oh yeah he'd been convicted how did that trial get were you at it did you speak what happened you know yeah did someone like you know one of the victim's families you know like try to attack him on the way out of the courtroom? A better book could have you know started and Media res as the gavel bangs, and he's you know Sorrento, you're sentenced to life in prison for thirty seven degree murders, and Wade you know stares at him as he as he walks out of the courtroom in shackles. Oh, a better book, yeah, <laughs> that just made my heart sink like yes that's that's true. <laughs> it's very weird. I, I I read the first one uh, digitally, and then when I got back to my house, the the book was waiting. And the first time we read it, it was the trade paperback. Reading this as a hardcover book is insane. It feels like you're you're you know it feels like you have uh, you know the Baja Men's album on vinyl, you know, like you know 180 gram vinyl, like collector's edition or something. It just feels way weightier than it deserves. Yes. Uh, this is a question. Is he deliberately trying to be stupid at certain points? I don't know. Okay. So he's describing. Uh, so now he's finally um, she comes in, Samantha. Her avatar looked the same as it always had, with one minor change. After the contest, she'd added the reddish purple birthmark that covered the left half of her real face to her avatar's face as well. So now there was no discernible difference between her avatar's <laughs> appearance and her appearance in real life. <laughs> I mean, again, it's not a joke. So he's just, is he dumb as a brick? Like what? I don't get that. In terms of thinking people need to know that or explaining that her avatar, that well, parsing well, out no, the difference. He, he did the whole stupid thing that like, I had the feeling that her avatar was exactly the same as her. And then it was, <laughs> except for the birthmark. Then he adds the birthmark and says... 
So now there was no discernible difference. Right. And that's after introducing a weird, stupid thing called the Ravatar, which is the real avatar that H is using. So I don't know if Artemis is, is a real avatar or um, if she just hasn't shelled out for Ravatar brand real avatar. Uh, that was almost a computer toss with Ravatar. But <laughs> the second reading made me think that it was, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo or something naming the... Uh, <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Ravatar. Um, yeah, and they, he does more world building that she's a tick because she uses... It shows if you're still using a haptic suit. Um, I, I like that he drilled down saying that the Sixers were a distant memory and IOI was just another wholly owned subsidiary of, of GSS, which we know. You told us that. It was in the first chapter. Yes, you took a hostile takeover, um, and he said. And he says they are that before too long they will be the only company in the world. <laughs> but then he says that's the reason a lot of our own users had started to refer to uh, GSS as the new Sixers and H Shoto Samantha as the four nerds of the apocalypse. I just thought a lot of users are saying this. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with all of this going on, there's a lot. You know, he's about to become. He's got his finger on the button. The world is on the brink of destruction. Um, how, how many servers does their company need? <laughs> well, you get a full paragraph. I won't go into it, but trust me. <laughs> their data storage requirements are drilled down on in a detail that is shocking at this yes. point. And we, we have an email about that, too, uh, sort of examining the, the, the dumbassery of that. But uh, we can get to that at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, yeah, as all this happens, you have to brace yourself because there's a new firmware update which uh, which GSS is rolling out. Oh my God! It means, and it's it's designed to prevent overclocking, which has a pretty specific um, definition in the world of you know computer guys. It's you know you you take a processor and you make it run at a a faster rate than the manufacturers intended it to to do get more performance out of it. But it's you know you have yes. to cool it down so it doesn't you know it's overclocked so it doesn't heat up. This just means. People are overclocking them so they can stay logged in longer. Yes. Um, it just struck, struck me as very odd to uh, to f- intentionally misuse something that anyone who knows what it means is going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know whether he thinks that just using the terms, but then he uses them so ham-fistedly. It can't be endearing him to anyone who's like into this stuff, right? I can't imagine. Yeah, exactly. I, unless it's just you smile and nod as you recognize the classic term from early 2000s computing. Now our our hero here, he's getting a uh, he's getting his therapy. He's he's aware of his flaws, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he has rage issues. He's constantly biting down so he doesn't shriek at his former girlfriend. Not his fault though. Not his fault at all. <laughs> he's uh, yes, yes. He's he's killing some trolls. He's uh, bankrupting uh, some innocent band players who were getting their big break. Uh, but he's a good guy because he he funds things and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he does this because we had such a huge pool of willing guinea pigs who didn't <laughs> mind giving us complete access to the contents of their skull, as long as we gave them access to our high quality sensory immersive bread and circus simulator. So our hero, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, utter contempt for humanity, for all of humanity, couldn't give a shit about them except to extract the contents of their skulls for these You say idiots. that, though, but it, it, it again, it sort of opened my eyes. Like, you know, it made me think, like, I, I've, I've, you know, I've clicked so many EULAs uh, in my day without reading them. What if, 
what if I my behaviors resemble less a, a human being and more of a more more of a sheep? Mm, uh, you I know, don't... and then. It just, I don't it, think it, so. I it mean, hit me for the first time that, that I might be more of a... Wait, are uh, you saying that you think that the companies are getting something out of your participation? It's, it is sort of just, you know, I, I, I assumed that they were they were sort of just like doing this out of a beneficial way for me to, to share wait. Snoopy memes with my aunt, but I, I is think Is it they... possible that you're <laughs> the product? <laughs> All Some right. Sort of a sheep people co- hybrid. I will workshop <laughs> yes. the name, but I... Huh. <laughs> oh, how about a uh, Rava sheep? Rav- yeah, that's no. good. Yeah. Right. Uh, said Scooby Dumb from the uh, Scooby Doo and Friends crossover of uh, 1983. <laughs> um, you can. I like this. I like this because it was probably in a book full of you know childish, naive garbage. Uh, this might be maybe the most naive, uh, childish garbage in it. H says you can't deny that the Oasis neural interface has improved the quality of millions of people's lives. Numerous studies have shown a drastic increase in empathy and environmental environmental conservation among daily ONI users, along with an overwhelming drop in racist, sexist, and homophobic ideologies. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to know, like, at, at what at what at what points in the internet history do, do we turn that corner? <laughs> Oh, besides that being the dumbest thing in the world, remember, this is someone interjecting it. It just right. rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, I said H. I said H says this, but yeah, it says in the middle of all that H interjected. <laughs> Numerous studies have shown. <laughs> rolls off the tongue. And again, I just direct you back to one chapter before where I think, you know, a, a, a large majority of the of the OA, Oasis users are calling him Penisville. Yes, but, the, um, but I'm glad that, that at some point in time we we all decide that uh, that that racism has been eliminated by the internet, as opposed to just you know ratcheted up to an nth degree. So dumb. Uh, I'll skip some notes, but I do want to point this out. Um, the eye rolls go up again. Okay. Uh, and then there's a, uh, a remember when our parents died moment. <laughs> the world was already falling apart. H said. Remember? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh my god! What? Oh yes! Oh right! I I pulled up that stream of uh, yeah famines and yeah 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 yeah. No no, it's 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 hitting me. Yep. He's like yeah, fiddling with the Rubik's cube. What's that? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Right. right. Let me just finish this text and uh, yeah no, I remember the the world was headed down the the tubes. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's like saying to someone, remember nine 11 or something. Uh, remember when our parents died is a, uh, is a mortal Kombat riff tracks, which I believe is out today. That's right. Check it out. Uh, another great moment, uh, given as much weight as, uh, you know, did we tip the waiter enough as this, as soon as we were alone, Shoto turned to me. Do you think Artie is right? He asked, are we giving up on the real world? <laughs> This is as deep as these as these people go. Should I rewatch the Matrix? Am I yeah. am I missing something yeah. about uh, us did all I, going into a virtual world? Did I come off a little harsh in that meeting, man? Oh, I, I got. <laughs> I'll, I'll send him. A, I'll send him an edible arrangement. That was rough. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have talked over them. Oh, that's all I got for chapter three. Yeah, all I noticed was that there's there's some long garbage about Sam's grandmother and how much the Oasis <laughs> yes. improved her life in a sort of again we've we've seen, you know, I think that was one of the more popular episodes of Black Mirror. Um, there's more about a flu pandemic that killed Sam's parents, which um, 
you know, once we've, you know, as we've seen how this year's played out, it makes all this, all this stuff seem even more uh, stupid and, and unprioritizable. Um, and yeah, the only thing I ever had was H who is just pretty much the way she talks is now like, um, a gym teacher trying to be cool in like elementary school. Yeah. She says, uh, I got to bounce out and blaze. She says, um, uh, our future's so bright. We've got to wear shades. Um, she says she wanted to put an uh, ampersand in Arcadia because Arcadia will be where it's at. So yeah, it's very much like a Sunday school teacher turning the chair around to sit down and rap with you kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dad from the driver's seat kind of. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, or, or as he described her, a total badass. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like something that you know michael scott would describe a new friend as <laughs> yes you're right yeah his own finchy <laughs> wow uh yeah, yeah that's it for me uh zero 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 four the fourth chapter and the final one for today uh, start to the bang start to the bang baby it certainly does several pages Simply describing the Princess Bride. <laughs> Hello, I shouted at the Six Finger Man one final time. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <sighs> is that better or worse than waking up to the alarm clock of Back to the Future? I think it's I, I think it's worse. I mean, you didn't you didn't need to drag the Princess Bride into this. Well, it's we worse have- because I'm uh, now I'm going up. Uh, I'm a page down from that. Probably in the book, a page down. Uh, offer me money, I demanded, slicing open the six-fingered man's left cheek. Yes, he hissed, wincing in pain. Power, too, I added. Promise me that. <laughs> he's literally just like, and he's shutting down people stealing his IP on the, right. on the web. <laughs> Critically analyzing his IP, like the way the, the, the pillar of fair use. Yeah, yeah. it's absurd. Um, and, and so, yeah, he's he's reenacting a flick sync, you know, their back baby from the first book. Um in order to maybe track down more information, get into Kira's brain a bit, because as we learn, Princess Bride had been one of Kira Underwood's all-time favorite films, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna come to understand that that means a film she has seen. <laughs> yep, uh, because we get uh, many many things that she deems her favorite, and like by the third one, I realized it was like, um, you know, we saw my uh, you know just over two year old niece. A uh, week ago, and you know, it, it warms your heart when she says, "Like you know, I love you, Uncle Connor." And then my mom forwards a uh, a video from like two days later where she's playing with Plato and saying, "I love Plato." Yeah, it's like, well, okay, great. That's <laughs> <laughs> sort of sort of sort of dilutes it a bit when you apply it to all of these things. You're all the best. <laughs> yes, yeah. There, it says that. I mean, what else do we have here? It says, uh, uh, "The Dark Crystal," another one of her favorite films. Uh, yeah, I started to track that. The mathematics does not work. <laughs> yeah, what it says. Yeah, what it says. Uh, it was Dark Crystal. One of because he's listing off the planets. One of her favorite films. The paragraph before that is not this previous Princess Bride thing I already read. It says uh, Florin, the planet I just returned from, was Kira's recreation of the favorite fictional Renaissance era kingdom featuring the Princess Bride. One of her favorite films. Yeah, so I think twice I've, hang in one on. chapter it's told us that. I think I've got them all here. Yes, okay. One of her favorite films, another of her favorite films, her favorite video game character, her favorite anime series. <laughs> and, and then I stopped. They, but he still, he went on after that. But that's that's how it started. Yes, it's amazing. Um, he's also, he's getting very Wenian, uh, James Wen, Birdemic. Uh, round numbers is a trait of Ooh, all yeah. James Wen films. 
and it's creeping in here. A chime sounded and a message appeared on my HUD congratulating me on completing the Princess Bride quest with a perfect score of one million points. <laughs> and then later he gives away a billion dollars. Uh, and I'll point this out. He's building a space arc, right? <laughs> yes. He's transporting uh, 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 frozen, uh, frozen embryos. Uh, embryos. Sorry. I'll take out that stumble or I'll leave it in and you'll just have to deal with it. <laughs> um, but here he is. After nearly a dozen attempts at doing The Princess Bride, I'd finally done it. <laughs> you are a CEO, sir. <laughs> yes. You are transporting frozen embryos onto a space arc for some purpose that has... What, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, and that's the fourth playable character that he has then obtained a perfect score with because he did it as uh, Buttercup, he did it as Wesley, and he did it as uh, Fezzik. The Andre the Giant character. Now, in between these playings, is that when he goes and crawls over on top of the dryer and cries? Sometimes. And apologizes? <laughs> or is that when he's in his car? Re not Directing his trilogy. Right. Coming it's... up with ideas for his trilogy. Well, in the first episode of the last time, when he's talked about you know reading every Stephen King book, we did some you know back of the envelope math about how long that all will have taken. And it was, you know, he, he needed to be able to, you know, halt the flow of time, you know, Christopher Nolan style and uh, go into suspended animation to accomplish, you know, a tenth of what he was claiming to have. So so he's just continuing the, the bad math here. We're yeah. just supposed to take this for granted. All right. right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but so we got our first real list because he's looking up, he's trying to find seven shards. So he studied every reference to the number seven in Anorak's Almanac. I also played and solved every video game in his collection related to the number seven. The Seven Cities of Gold. He provides the year for every one of these. The Seven Spirits of Raw, Kid Cool, and the quest for the Seven Wonder Herbs. It goes on. Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, um, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, I wondered when I saw this list, because it is, it is long. I love the... What is what is the purpose of putting the year the that year? the thing was I, made? It's, uh, you know, it would be if he had, if he had accidentally also copied over one of these citations needed from when, uh, when he was copying it straight out of Wikipedia. I wish that the uh, opening sentence of a tale of two cities had included the year that it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> and then parenthetically, the year that right. everything was happening. Um, uh, but, but when people, when he's about to do a list, is it kind of like, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen, the guitar solo's coming up. Like, people are getting ready. They're like, oh, man, here it comes. He's <laughs> right. going to do a list. And then he wails off on the, the all of these seven related video games that he can think of. And people are like, yes, yeah, yeah. woo. Yeah, I saw uh, one summer in college, the Black Crows toured with Jimmy Page, and they played a bunch of Led Zeppelin songs. And during, like, the, the solo in Heartbreaker, like, one of his most famous, the band sort of stops, and Jimmy Page, yeah, walks to the front of the stage, and you all know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, Sigma 7, Stellar 7, Lucky 7, Force 7, the, you know, into Pittman 7. I didn't think he'd ever do that again. He had that since uh, Giant Stadium in 88. And then he ended on Escape from Pulsar 7. Perfect, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought we just should discuss at least the billion-dollar reward he's offered up. Like, yeah, for the seven shards, billion did he, dollars. Yes. Did he, you know, as everyone wallows in poverty and, and, and hunger, he, he probably could have started it at $10 million and— just sort of, you know, ticked it up gradually like a Powerball lottery. Like, it, yeah, it, I mean, at again, at the shareholders meeting, uh, sir, uh, we have many things. And like you, 
you asked for that, uh, you know, wing on the space arc that would uh, <laughs> would include the Uncle Buck kitchen. Um, that that is not cheap, sir. That is very expensive. Uh, we we have other priorities of places to put this money. Like, no, nah, just make it a billion, whatever. Right, and 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 also, sir, you you know you don't actually have a billion dollars in your bank account. You you own you know Oasis stock, so liquidating that to pay off this idiot would would just have catastrophic uh implications on our on our financial statements you can't you know you know when the people say jeff bezos could feed africa for you know a tenth of what he made today he he doesn't just have that money you you need to be able to you know to think about this a bit in more serious terms right you you do this the the stock will spiral and we might not be the only company in the world i mean (laughs) another one could gain a toehold if you do this but yeah, no, it's just it's pure James Wynn, um, the you know, or Doctor Evil, I guess, is probably the uh, the comparison that he would be more aware of. Yes, uh, I uh, I had a hard time reading this when, when he got uh, he gets coy here. Uh, he he starts looking into Sailor Moon because that's her <laughs> favorite anime character. Uh-huh. All I had to show for my efforts was an impressive familiarity with obscure Sailor Moon trivia. And an inexplicable desire to cosplay as Tuxedo Mask, parenthetical, which I may or may not have acted upon in the solitude and privacy of my own home. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> that was another one I didn't look up. I'm just looking it up at it now. It's a guy who he wears a suit and a cape. I thought it might have been a, a one of the women, which would have been more interesting. Why is he being coy about that? He, he talks about voiding his bowels for three hours. Like <laughs> right. suddenly, like the fact that you're doing something. I may have done something slightly strange in my own home. Right. Were, were you humping the lubed-up sex doll while dressed as him, sir? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was revolting. Um, but that was one of the nine planets that he decides were the most likely places she might have hid something. Um, and we already touched on Dark Crystal which is her favorite movie and why she changed her name legally after she saw it. Kira was not her real name. Um, we then, uh, uh, we got a Sonic the Hedgehog planet, mm-hmm. which I read and my, you know, my, my brain has been poisoned by the internet about Sonic the Hedgehog. It's hard yeah, to read sure. that without, yes. you know, yeah. thinking about it erotically. But um, he's just says the planet was a recreation of the fictional future earth where most of Sonic's adventures took place. And it featured reproductions of all the different levels featured in early 2D and 3D Sonic games, along with environments and characters from the cartoons and comic books based on them. Several Sonic the Hedgehog games involved a quest to create several seven Chaos Emeralds that could be hard. What the hell are we doing here? <laughs> like who enjoy? You know, like I just said, it's it's almost Wikipedia esque in terms of explaining these things to people who, if you're reading this book, have to know um, basic details about this. I I think we pointed it out repeatedly in the first book. It seems like he just has to do it once he mentions it. He has to mm-hmm. uh, he has to dump the 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 knowledge on it. Yeah. You know, we've all had friends that do that when you're in the middle of a story and you just like casually reference something and you get it wrong or like no 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 right that yeah. isn't how that Monty Python sketch went. He actually said we are the Knights of Ne. Like yeah, I wasn't really rep. That wasn't really the thing I was talking. <laughs> right. about. It wasn't the, it wasn't the gist of it. I was just talking about yeah. my wedding. I right. <laughs> it's more important to. <laughs> um, but so on that note, I'd like to propose this is maybe a new challenge. We can we can do it if if we don't have to do it every week. But if one stands out, the uh, the challenge will be. You are the editor. 
Okay. And if we just find one sentence, <laughs> one paragraph where if you were the editor who, for all we know, does not exist, how you would have tweaked what he uh, what he actually put in his book. Sure. So I have one. I, I have one. Okay. Um, this is about the uh, one of the other planets. I'd also spent several months scouring the planet Gallifrey in Sector 7. It was Kira's recreation of the Time Lord's homeworld in the long-running Doctor Who television series, which now comprised over a thousand individual episodes. So, I am the editor. Yes. It was Kira's recreation of the Time Lord's homeworld in Doctor Who. <laughs> Something that we've all heard about. We do not need to know how many episodes it consisted of, certainly. Uh, we know that it was a TV series. Um you know, it's just. Uh, but do I, you think that maybe that happened? The editor did that, and he hacked into her, her or his computer, and uh, and replaced the material. Like he couldn't. Like no, no, you have to know. What if they don't know? <laughs> yeah, no, like, you, I you feel like understand. it's a compulsion. Uh, Doctor on his Who part. is something that people really appreciate, and this is going to take them back to their childhood, right? <laughs> Uh, we finally get, so obviously we have a new character coming up at the, uh, the last part of this chapter, uh, Lohengrin. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. That is a reference, right? It's a, uh, uh, um, yeah. He, King Arthur, right? Arthurian myth. He Arthurian keeps, legend. I think that's it's where in, Parzival comes from. Yes. And I think it's, uh, Parzival the ring. Squire, maybe. I think Wagner's the ring covers it all. And I think Lohengrin is a big character in that, but he describes her. She uh, has a uh, popular show, I guess. Yeah, the host of a popular Gunter-themed YouTube show called The Lowdown. <laughs> My appreciation for Lohengrin was her show, and her show may have been slightly colored by the fact that I developed a mild crush on her. Mm -hmm. She was cute, smart, funny, and fearless. She was also a vocal high-five super fan. Ah. <laughs> uh, right it's so bad um but yeah so he this is the person who has emailed him that she has found the shard yes um and we get just more of his of the chekhovy bullshit where if you're wasting you know he wastes a lot of our time but if he's wasting our time on something that's not you know describing uh the planet that tails miles prower came from in uh in in sonic 2 then you, you have to pick up that he's going somewhere with this and what it appears to be is going to be, I'll just read it, then I'll give you my theory. On her show, Lohengrin never talked about her real life or her real name, age, or gender. She only appeared as her Oasis avatar, which usually looked and sounded exactly like Helen Slater in The Legend of Billie Jean. Uh, but like Ranma Saotome in Ranma One Half, Lohengrin was also famous for changing her avatar's gender unexpectedly and without warning, sometimes in mid-sentence. So she's famous for this. And it just, it struck me as being like, you have people who are, you know, lizard, like, from Zelda 2 or something. Like, why would anyone care when anyone changes anyone's avatar? Like, you people it, it, will be, you know, when the internet hippo on Twitter changes his, I don't, like, you know, call you on the phone to tell you that it happened. It happened without warning. <laughs> and so also, so he's, 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 he's hinting that she probably isn't who she's presenting herself at, which jaw-dropping revelation to anyone who didn't read the first book where the exact same thing happened twice <laughs> to two yes. different characters that he is now his are his best friends but he has what is his track record because he guessed 
that she was the same as that Samantha was the same as her avatar. He had a good feeling about that. I think he, he had said. a good feeling, uh, but uh, he was fuzzy on H and I think H took him by complete surprise. <laughs> okay, and then Shoto and Dato. Uh, Did he have th- feelings about them? I don't know. I think I think he was surprised when one of them was younger than he expected or something. Hmm. Was he surprised when she transformed into a male and and with the likeness of a young James Spader, especially his look from the 1985 film Tough Turf? (laughs) This this is this is beyond the pale. I don't know if I can finish this book. Oh, wow. Well, you know, we're on the hook, man. But yeah, so Lohengrin uh, appears to be the uh, the new uh, the, the new love interest. And we'll we'll see how he handles it when she quite obviously turns out to be not who who she is presenting herself as. Um, but this this technique, going back to this, like she was cute, smart, funny, and fearless uh-huh. as a technique to describe, like introduce a character. I'm trying to think of, well, let's just use one of his examples. Like if Indiana Jones, right. when you, okay. intro- you introduce the character. That, that he, iconic introduction at the beginning of Raiders where he, he whips and then he turns around, right? Yeah, you don't need that. You just toss all of that over, toss that over the the edge and just, he's starting um, on his quest already. And then you just put up a a slate that says, this is our hero. He's really brave, but he's kind of reckless and he's pretty lovable (laughs) and he does not like snakes. (laughs) And begin. Here we go. Right. Uh, He he does nothing to show that she's smart, funny, cute, whatever, fearless. It's yeah, showing not telling. Um, I don't think I have. He, he ends up transporting to her planet or to the to the recreation of some the guy's hometown that where she's hanging out. Uh, but I only, yeah. I have one last thing. Um, if you're done, uh, yeah, I just I have one more thing. Get yours okay. and then I'll... I, my last thing is a Sonic challenge. Oh, uh, good. He, he gives some more clap back. Some people define themselves by railing against all of the things they hate. Why explaining why everyone else should hate it too. But not me. I prefer to lead with my love, to define myself through joyous yawps of admiration instead of cynical de- declarations of disdain. Let's hear some joyous yawps of admiration. All right, here we go. Yawps. All right. It, it doesn't have to, it's Y-A-W-P. not literal. Y-A-W-P. Yeah, it's, uh, that's from the poem, right? I sound my mighty yawp over the rooftops. Oh God, is it? Yeah, I believe By so. By who? I mean, Shel Silverstein? What poet would he admire? Uh, no, he's not admiring the poet. This is where it's... I know the lineage of this. Okay. It is from uh, Dead Poets Society. Oh, got it. Oh, there Robin Williams. Thread yes. it again. God. Yes. Uh, all right. So it, I don't think it has to technically be a yawp, although okay. I'll try to shape it somewhat like that. Okay. Admiration? He's leading with love through uh, joyous yawps of admiration. Oh, yup, yup, yup. Your neighbors have reported a uh, a dying farm animal somewhere. <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, maybe we should just end with that. That's that's good enough. Oh, what was your last thing? Oh, it's just that he. So he, uh, he uh, he's killing people. He's killing the trolls and everything, and uh, and then he's eavesdropping on everyone, and he says. Not because doing so would violate GSS company policy and several federal laws. That had never stopped me in the past. <laughs> he just puts that in parenthetically. He is a sociopath. Right. No, yes. no laws can stop him. No moral boundaries. Right. Uh, but he, he prefers to lead with love. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, and the haters can suck on that if they don't care for it. People it's, who he's explained uh, why everyone else should hate it too. He's doing the Don Rickles thing, an hour and a half of like, you know, racial insults and you know <laughs> right. personal insults and then based he on wraps, your appearance yeah yeah he wraps it up with but seriously folks it's all about the love we're here to love and laugh and <laughs> <laughs> all right well there you go yeah six chapters 83 pages thirty thousand words and we're about to get started with the quest i believe yes <laughs> um but uh yeah let's uh we would be remiss if we did not touch on our favorite dumb sentences of the week. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period or an exclamation or a question mark. I was trying to go longer with that guy because I, I liked hearing him and realizing that I had to read more of this made me want to hear more of yeah guy. there's a there's a reddit called alternate angles where they show you you know like um the great pyramids but like shot from a parking lot of a 7-eleven or something you know what you, <laughs> don't you don't know it's, it's hearing hearing where that goes after that is always like jarring for me yes it is uh also there was a guy spotify released their end of the year wrap-up this uh this week and so people were it shows you what your favorite songs and artists were but also your favorite podcast and a couple people reached out to us that we were their top played podcast um, yeah woohoo! one guy even it. said he listened to five episodes in a day so i was like he heard that song five different times that's a <laughs> that's a, must have been on a long car ride or something but it's power to you skip uh, skip <laughs> so here's our uh dumb sentences of the week i'm gonna i'm gonna try something where i just i skip the ones we already covered i should probably should have been doing that along but uh josh and janelle submitted she mimed jerking off I believe that was Artemis. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think Josh said, I feel like many of the great literary works of history would benefit from the addition of that line. It belongs up there with, said the robot pimp disdainfully. <laughs> uh, Jim submitted, it covered the sprawling mansion's bare walls with grand tapestries, priceless paintings, and framed movie posters. Said Mike would have rejected this one if it was part of real or fanfic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Hunter submitted, we all took our usual seats which put me and Artemis on opposite sides of the circular conference table as far away from each other as possible, but also directly facing each other. And they said, thanks, Ernie. I know what opposite side means. Every else after the M dash is Webster defines opposite sides. As, um, uh, Theodore, he submitted, uh, I'm also happy to report that our newest server farm is now online, upping our data storage capacity by another million yottabytes, Faisal <laughs> said. And he said, uh, this doesn't sound any dumber than most of the sentences in RP2. If you'd assume it's a lot of data and move on, I wish I'd done that, but instead I looked it up and found that a yottabyte is 900 billion terabytes. So he said a server farm storing it on the largest available SD cards would mean to be twice the size of the Hindenburg to soar one yottabyte. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, um, let's uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, Crystal and Billman both submitted this one, which I'm surprised we didn't cover. Uh, but like Bono before me, I still hadn't found what I was looking for. Mm, I, I saw that. I just yes, I right. Chose to get quickly past it. Uh, Chris submitted one of my new hobbies was learning to play guitar in reality, which proved to be very different and far more difficult than playing a simulated axe in the Oasis. And his comment was just, no shit. <laughs> uh, Red... Wait, wait, I, I had that as a dumb sentence. I just want to back up how dumb that one was. But the previous one, 
Uh, he says, I could, I could head over to my music room to knock out my daily guitar lesson, period. Okay. One of my new hobbies was learning to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a du- doubly dumb. I'm just backing him up. On that. Yeah, that's almost like, you know, a lesson was when I would uh, receive yeah. instruction from a more advanced tutor who... <laughs> This is a good one. We didn't touch. This is on like the sort of pre-chapter interlude or something. Red submitted, My friend Kira always said that life is like an extremely difficult, horribly unbalanced video game. And I just, that that goes on for, uh, you know, two paragraphs. And I just, I like to imagine Kira always saying that. Yes. Because um, <laughs> it was a very long quote. Um, uh, let's see. Justine submitted, I'm too amped up on adrenaline to notice it there in the moment, but I spot it plain as day as on every single one of my repeat viewings. And so he said, were these repeat viewings of the ONI technology conversation or was it really say anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we had uh, this. Uh, we already touched this one, but I liked I liked Taylor's comment here. He said, and since there was now only four of us, Og's induction into the high five also prevented our nickname from becoming a misnomer. And he said, this, of course, brought to mind the moment in Acts chapter 1 when the apostles chose Matthias to replace the traitor Judas Iscariot. And I believe it was Peter who said, this will prevent our nickname, the 12 apostles, from becoming a misnomer. <laughs> nice. uh, this was uh, Amanda. This was one of mine. When I didn't respond, uh, his virtual assistant, Max Headroom, made a heavy metal face and started to play air guitar while shouting, Wade's World, Wade's World, party time, excellent. And I hope my uh, read of that line conveyed my enthusiasm in real time. <laughs> it uh, tailored off uh, nicely there. Yes. <laughs> uh, Hayden, part of GSS's new SuperVolt deluxe line of tactical immersion volts, the motive looked more like a heavily armed spider ro- robotic spider than a coffin. And they said, this implies that it looks like both but more so one than the other. These two things could not look anything else alike. Um, And Andrew submitted, I rolled my eyes in his direction and manually flushed the toilet for effect. And he said, how I feel with any of the jokes in Klein's work. Oh, Um, man. Do you have anything that we haven't covered? Yes, I do. Let me uh, take a deep breath. Remember, this is dumb sentence of the week. This is a sentence. Okay, great. These are the best. Things got really bad when a previously unknown music group called Tapioca Shindig released a song titled Sixer Filatin' Punk, which used an auto-tuned soundbite from the live POV broadcast I'd made during the Battle of Castle Anorak when I'd publicly declared to the world that if I find Halliday's <laughs> Easter egg, I hereby vow to split my winnings equally with Artemis H. and Shoto. If I'm lying, I should be forever branded as a gutless Sixer Filatin' Punk, period. Oh my god. <laughs> bravo sir i didn't think he was gonna make it but he stuck the landing <laughs> uh all i all i had that hasn't been covered was i mean we did cover it but the addition of the at was also fitting because as h put it arcadia will be where it's at and that is of course referring to the um spaceship carrying the what they presume to be the last remnants of the human race into the space <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thanks we to everyone who submitted those, especially all our Patreon supporters. You can check that out once again on patreon.com slash 372 pages. We can conclude with a few emails that we have received. We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. And going to cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. Stealing people's mail. Stealing people's mail. All right. Steal away.
No, this one comes from a S Gold ST. They just emailed a uh, sentence that said, Amazon is brutal. And then it is a screenshot. Uh, it is, I guess, from, uh, it says, follow the author, Connor Lastoka. And when they clicked on it, very nicely of them to follow uh, to see if I will put up more books. Uh, it said similar authors to follow. Ernest Klein, oh, Chris Claremont, ah, and William Shatner. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> uh, it's a brutal indeed. And then someone on Twitter named Jason said, "This is the fanfic we never knew we needed. Four authors come together to solve the world's most diabolical mystery: who is the sheriff of sixty-four squares?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss him. I miss yeah. him so badly. It's so nice. Uh, this is from Melody. She said, "I finished reading Ready Player Two. As you and Mike have discussed many times, Klein repeats himself in his writing, but sometimes the repetition becomes ridiculous. Klein tells us that Og's mansion is a replica of Rivendell, as seen in The Lord of the Rings, Chapter 1. He also told us this in Ready Player two, 1, too. But hey, a different book. You need to make sure new readers are aware of this very important knowledge. Important it must be, because he repeats his information about the house in Chapter 4, and again in Chapter 8. In fact, Klein tells the reader seven times in Ready Player Two that Og's place looks like Rivendell twice within a single page. Is, oh. Wade, is Wade, who has memorized an entire library's worth of content, unable to remember this? Or is it that Klein doesn't remember what he previously wrote? Why didn't his editor catch this? Etc. And then she says, there's so much more I have problems with, but I don't want to spoil your journey of discovery. <laughs> <laughs> How did she do it? I mean, literally, I couldn't. You couldn't sit and read this to the end, could you? I mean, it's a quick read. I'll give it that. Quicker than Twilight. So uh, we had the Thanksgiving break and all. I guess if you are, yeah, if you're not taking notes, I guess. Sure, sure. It would yeah, be yeah, quick yeah. because I would skim. Right. It's yeah. The, it's the taking notes that is, is somewhat painful. Yeah, yeah. But also yeah. all the getting up and retrieving it from the other side of the room. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Going and uh, ordering a new laptop from Amazon because I've shattered four against the wall. Yes, it's hard. <laughs> Here's a, this one is, this one just stunning. A little on the long side, but got to read the whole thing. This is from McLean. It's been well over a year now since Trucking Through Time was covered on the podcast, but I don't believe we ever got an answer about the menus in Wyoming restaurants. Fortunately, I now have the inside scoop. My brother and fellow 372 Pages listener came to visit this week for Thanksgiving. Finding ourselves with a free afternoon, we decided to drive the two hours from my house in Pocatello, Idaho, to the Wyoming border to find out once and for all if, <laughs> if the menus in Wyoming restaurants contain tragic stories of death and horror printed on the backs of them. In the, town of Al- in the town of Alpine, Wyoming, we ate a little place called the Yankee Doodle Cafe, which, as the name might suggest, was America-themed. It included salt and pepper shakers that formed an American flag when put together and red, white, and blue sugar. When the waitress handed us our menus, food was the furthest thing from our minds as we scoured the pages for any stories of the Donner Party or some other such tragedy. Sadly, there didn't seem to be any stories, horribly tragic or otherwise, printed on our menus. Damn it, boy, I said to my brother. Could it be that Charles E. Harris was wrong about the customs of Wyoming restaurants? Crestfallen, we both ordered and ate our food in silence. (laughs) Well, my brother told me after we finished, no sense hanging around here. Let's pay the check, grab some gas and knickknacks from the gas station and head back home. But when we got up to leave the table, something on the wall caught my eye. It seems that the patriotic theme of the restaurant included a broad range of topics, and there, framed on the back wall of the Yankee Doodle Cafe, was the front page of the September 12, 2001 edition of the New York Times, which displayed the image of the Twin Towers being destroyed. In conclusion, Charles E. Harris may not have been entirely correct about tales of tragedy being displayed on Wyoming restaurant menus. Sometimes they will be framed on the walls. 
<laughs> wow. I did not want to burst out laughing at that part so that people wouldn't think I was. <laughs> but it's incredible. Well done, McLean and his brother, for undertaking that research unto themselves on their uh, Thanksgiving break. I, uh, I I applaud that. That uh, that makes me very happy. Yeah, it's stunning. Uh, this one is from Janelle. She says, if Connor thinks he's mad about Mike spending the Patreon wages on the 372 pages players, imagine how Samantha felt out when Wade, Shoto, and H spent $300 billion freaking dollars on a 12-man spaceship without any actual destination. So yeah, relatable. Finally something that I can, I can relate to in this book. Um, I didn't. I, I spent just shy of that amount. I mean, I, yeah, right. It's <laughs> it's it was it was a good month for the Patreon, but uh, yeah. really just could have used it as we approached you know gift giving season. Oh and, uh, wow! Finally, mail. This is from Jenny, um, who is a, a Patreon supporter and friendly neighborhood lawyer. She says in chapter two, there's the uh, discussion of when he sued the band for defamation and bankrupt each of its members. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm an attorney, but do not claim to be an expert in defamation law, and no one should take the following as legal advice. However, I have a hard time believing Wade would have a snowball's chance in hell of winning such a lawsuit. Among other things, he would have to show that the allegedly defamatory statement about him was false, which it clearly was not if it was a direct soundbite of something he said that was broadcast to billions of people, and that he had suffered actual financial career damages because of it which was also clearly not the case also Wade's status as a public figure under the law likely would also make it even harder for him to win such a case so unless defamation and first amendment law has changed significantly from the actual present declines future what he is saying almost certainly wouldn't be possible however the most disturbing thing about the sentence to me is that it seems to indicate Klein thinks a wealthy celebrity can just sue his haters into oblivion yikes I think that well, goods and no goods and services. Workers? What is, goods and workers remain the same. I believe that the legal structure remains the same. So, thank you. Yes, it's, yes. Uh, it's yeah. good. Good to know if, that we have a a lawyer on file in case we ever have our uh, more DMCA notices that come our way. It's going to happen. He's <laughs> on to us now. Yeah. All right. Well, it does it for me. That's all I got. Um, we'll man. put a uh, assignment in the notes because uh, I didn't look it up again. Yeah, um, I'm assuming uh, the chapters remain uh, roughly the same space, roughly the same number. Yeah, I mean, I could look it up right now. No, we'll put it in the thing. We yeah, we'll put it in the thing. more time. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Patreon people. Thanks, everyone who listens. Thanks, everyone who reads this book. This is 372 pages. We'll never get back. See you in Wyoming.